What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I am your host, Adam Meredith, a.k.a. your favorite light-skinned celebrities generic version. We have another great episode on the way, but before we get to it, this episode is brought to you by my good friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. You can go to jumbocbd.com and check them out. They have a full line of CBD products, and my absolute favorite one is their muscle bomb. Check that out for sure. Um, it has been game-changing for me in my recovery. I do also love their spray and their drops, but the muscle bomb stands above the rest to me. So if you're having any you know, aches and pains and you want to help with inflammation or mood regulation or just you know help control your inflammation uh you know cbd has even been able to you know has been shown to help with gut health and brain health so a lot of different benefits uh but you guys can save 20 percent when you use the code outside that's right they're doing that for our listeners here of this show use the code outside at checkout you'll save 20 percent then they are damn near always doing buy two, get one free of a product. So throw two in your cart, you'll get that third one for free, and then you'll save 20% off of the whole deal. Uh, you cannot beat that deal, and I absolute, I absolutely love what these guys are doing. Just all high-quality products, uh, none of the fillers, none of the bullshit ingredients. These guys are doing it right. So go check them out, jombocbd.com. Use the code outside at checkout, and you'll save 20%. My guest today, I sit down with Mike Lindner. Mike is an old-time strongman. He is a strength coach. He's a nutrition coach, uh, my, a, a beekeeper. Uh, Mike's just an all-around good dude. I really like talking to him. We had a fun conversation. We talked a little bit about everything. And I've actually had on Mike before, so this is a round two conversation. If you haven't checked out that first one, go check it out. It's within the first year of the show, so probably within like the first 50 or 60 episodes. I can't remember off the top of my head. We really had a good time. Um, I, I always enjoy talking to Mike. So without any further ado, let's gain some perspective, everybody, with Mike Lindner. bit or i'm just very stuck in my lane yeah <laughs> i think gary v is let me sync the sound i think gary v is a part of the, the problem with that Cause, yeah because <laughs> he's like you need to be putting out five thousand pieces of fucking content a day and you gotta start a podcast and you gotta do this 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 i'm just like dude I'm just going to just do a few things. Right. Because I tried to do that. I really did. I was like, let me put out X amount of fucking pieces of content every day. Let me be make sure I'm on every fucking platform. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm just like, dude, I don't even like TikTok. I was like, fuck it. I just I'm actually going to look into it a little bit because I've noticed that I, I got a friend. Well, Dave Whitley. Yeah. Um, he's he's killing it with TikTok. Is he? Dude, here's the thing. Most people are. You can get crazy numbers. It's unadulterated. Exactly. Like, they're not regulating, like. You know, like there's no algorithm, so anybody can see. That's it. what I'm saying, and, and it's cool because in, in a lot of ways it is really true social networking because people share your stuff, right? Or the tag and comment or, or repost or whatever, 
And so you can put that out there. But what's cool is that Dave has really doubled down on his strengths, which is old time strongman. Yeah. I mean, he's blown his up. I think he's got a, a, a he might be up at a couple forty thousand followers now or some I stuff hope like that. I'll that pretty soon. I'm sure it is. It's easy to grow on that thing. And People who aren't like, even interesting can grow on that. Exactly. And and even for like if you think like Instagram and like what I do in fitness. Being able to put, I mean, that's a very visual industry. Yeah. And so people don't like want to read a lot of stuff. They want to see, okay, yeah, I get the articles and the and the words and everything, but I want to see pictures. I want to see video. I want to see proof. Right. And if you can do that with a TikTok or an Instagram or whatever, those mediums seem like it's a little bit more yeah. my lane. Like I don't even like Snapchat to be honest. Like, I, yeah, I, I got off Snapchat. I just pretty much, dude. <laughs> it's just I pretty much just stick to Instagram and then I share it to Facebook through Instagram. See, I'm gonna start doing that. I was th- just talking about this over the weekend. Yeah. Um, somebody at uh, the Renaissance Festival was talking about how. They'll do the Instagram page, and then their partner does the Facebook page. Yeah, which is funny because he's not on Facebook at all. So then they had to switch because he's like, I just don't want to be on Facebook. Dude, it's so it's so toxic and poisonous <laughs> it really on is. there, dude. It's like I had to get off of there because I was I felt like I was arguing with everybody. So like right when the George Floyd shit went down, yes, everybody's at everybody's throat. Yeah, we're going, bro. We're I, going. I, I think I saw the red light. I'm like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, we're fucking doing it, bro. We're just having a conversation. I love it, um, dude. Everybody's at in everybody's throat, and mine included. And it just like it disrupted my inner peace. Yes, and I didn't like it. No, and absolutely like, not. It's like I don't like exa- in, like anxiety. I kind of naturally deal with yeah. it, which is why I smoke weed and different things. <laughs> for exactly. real. I got, but it was like I cannot fucking do this. So I like I got off there for a little bit, but like I still kind of have to be on there to promote the podcast. Sure. So like. It, old habits die hard, so you get on there, you start scrolling. I was for just a gonna second. say the same thing. It's like you get in with one intention, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Well, let me jump on my personal page and just see what's going on." Yeah, and you scroll for five minutes, you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, "Let me get the fuck off of this." And dude, the other day, I fucking I made a comment <laughs> on somebody's thing because I was like, "Whatever, it's not the biggest deal in the world." I didn't expect it to turn into this thing that it did. Yeah. So, um, are you familiar with like the whole shit talking between Colby Covington and? LeBron James at the moment. <laughs> I, I just started catching up on that. The right? other day. I funny enough, I found out about that from Instagram. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so somebody, uh, so Nick Sanders made a post. You know Nick Sanders? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see this one where it was the idea of like, uh, you know, LeBron couldn't last against Kobe. Because, yeah. You know, even though he's an athlete, and he just said it was insane. And I made a comment. I'm like, is it really insane? Like for real? Yeah. I'm like. I, I thought it was a very interesting discussion because, like, off the hip, the the coach and the trainer in me says it's very hard. Like, I don't, I'm just thinking of, like, the time that you spend because, like, we both do jujitsu, So, you know, time on the mats is time on the mats that you can't get any other way. Right. So, it's like you kind of only have one way to go about that. Right. But the idea of if, Le- if LeBron wanted to turn his hand to MMA. Right. Then you have all these variables to consider, like you know how how good is he going to be in the striking, the wrestling? Like he, there's no way he's going to catch up to Colby in wrestling, right? But could he counter enough to use reach and strike? You start those discussions, right? And at the end of the day, the way I look at it is like it's very fun to discuss, yeah. But it's all bullshit because LeBron's never going to do it anyway. He makes way more money than he ever would, right? It's and never going to happen. Oh, for sure, dude. I just made, I just kind of said my piece, and um, everybody just started going after me, bro, like. <laughs> And I just finally got to the point because it's like, look, dude, I fucking train jujitsu. I fucking fight. I'm not even a basketball fan. I'm not just some just <laughs> blind LeBron James fan who's just gonna like defend the guy. I just I put the address to my fucking gym. I'm like, you guys can come find me, like, because it was, it, it, dude, it made me so pissed off. Because like the way I look at it is, I'm not saying, and I even said this in my comment at one point. I was like, we can just agree to disagree. It's not that serious, right? I'm like. I'm just saying I wouldn't count LeBron out. I'm not saying Kobe wouldn't yeah. win. Somebody, uh, 
there's a lot of good points. I mean, Colby was a D1 athlete. He's a great athlete. Yes. Now, I wouldn't say he's a super athlete. I, I, can, I can see that. I, I call LeBron James a super athlete. Like, he's different. Like, yes. Like, like Jim Thorpe, fucking Bo, oh, yeah. Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. These are fucking super athletes. Yeah. Colby Covington is not that. No. I think LeBron James is. I think he, Bo Jackson is a great example. You want to talk about a guy who actually was able to perform in two sports. Dude. Right? <laughs> That's a great one right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are super athletes. And, uh, dude, LeBron James is 6'9". I going to say, way better than Michael Jordan when he went to baseball. <laughs> yeah, but apparently even even he wasn't a terrible hitter. No. Yeah, so, but, but dude, yeah, like, LeBron James is, if, if we even just take, like, that out, which we can't, but, like, he's 6'9", 250 pounds. Yeah. That's a huge human being. Yes. Like, how the fuck, I mean, we can't just assume he doesn't know how to fight just because we think basketball players are pussies. Well, and that's that's where you get in the idea of, and this is always the fun argument I like hearing from jujitsu people and then even MMA people, is the idea of what constitutes the idea of a fight. Yeah. You know, if you step into a cage, well, you have rules. Right. So are you competing in a fight or is this a sporting event with rules and regulations? A fight to some people is anywhere, anytime, any place. Right. You know, you could be at the bar and some dude takes a pool stick. That's a fight. Yeah. And I don't think they're wrong. And I also don't disagree with the idea that MMA is a fight. I absolutely think that's a fight. Right. But what's funny is when you get jujitsu guys that say, like, a jujitsu match is not a fight. I'm like, if you've ever really had to dig down, like, you feel like you are fighting to win. Yeah. And so it's very relative. Right. And that's why I think it's funny. It's like, at the end of the day, this argument is, it's just, a, it's one of those fantasy conversations. It's like. Yeah, it's just a fun <laughs> conversation. Dude, it, it's like, it's like Tyson versus Ali in their prime. Who would win? It's it's like those kind of, like, fantasy matchups that you'll never probably see. You'll right. never see them, actually. Now yeah. You probably, you never see you never will see it. You'll never see this one either. Yeah. But yeah, it's just so crazy how people get in their feelings. I just I think I've gained a newfound respect for basketball players after one watching that documentary. Yeah. And then two, also I read Kobe's book, uh, Mamba okay. Mentality. Just to hear like the way he approached the game and like how physical the game actually can be. Oh yeah. Because it's like, dude, these are large humans. They just look normal because they're all standing next to each other. Right. They're fucking big as hell. It, it's almost like when you see a room of Vikings, it's like, yeah, there, there's a small one, but when you realize a small one is six four and two seventy, right. you're like, oh shit, that's the small. Yeah, <laughs> dude. There's like you're in there for forty eight minutes, like. They're throwing elbows, like mm-hmm. they're pushing, they're grabbing. Yeah. Like when you got a, a big ass man running at you full speed and then going airborne, like dude, yeah, that's, there's force there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. So I think I just gained a new appreciation for these guys because they are athletes, and it's not like like the things that they do will it, it can translate. You know, footwork, handwork, right? Fucking boxing out is is hip control. Like oh, if, for sure. if that doesn't apply to to like in the clinch, then I don't know what would. I agree. So it's just like I don't man, I just don't know, man. I just well, and it almost breaks down, like, you know, going back to jiu-jitsu, like, you always have mechanics that make moves. Right. You know, it's so like just moving your hips could be one of a thousand entries for a different opp- opportunity. It could be an arm bar, it could be a sweep, it could be standing up. So, like, just the idea that they understand those mechanics in one facet doesn't mean that they can't apply it to another. Right, right. I think people just want to assume that just because he's a basketball player, which, you know, a lot of basketball players, they should get Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> or I was going to say uh, soccer players. Soccer players. You, you ever see that uh, that gif of the guy who gets flicked in the ear and he dives down and oh, grabs Oh, dives down. Dude, yeah. To his knee. His knee. <laughs> I think I saw one dude who, like, I think somebody tried to hit him and he even missed. And then he just, like, I, th- yeah. he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> My favorite one was where I saw this highlight, and it had a comparison of uh, 
like male soccer players and then it had female rugby players. <laughs> and on the one hand, I'm like, these are kind of apples and oranges, guys. It's not tit for tat for a number of reasons, but I did appreciate it where like at one point it looked like the and I could be completely wrong, but it looked like Lindenwood's women's rugby team mm. and they're straight gut checking these girls and then handed up opposite team. All right, get back in there, pat each other on the ass and they go back and play. Yeah. And then you see the guy with like, ah, it's, it's so funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, They're busting noses and stuff. Dude, and, there was a clip going around one time for Elena Wood. I don't know if, if it was a soccer player or a rugby player. It was this girl, I think it was soccer, maybe. Like, I might be thinking soccer. It's been like three, four years. Either since way, I've seen she that clip. got like busted and she had like blood going down her head. That was the one I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay, so same clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was soccer or rugby. Maybe it was rugby. It, I just remember. Either way, I just a, remember it was, it was very was big LU, black and gold. And I'm like, I don't know too many other universities that yeah, have that exact font, letter, color. Yeah. I think that's our girls, right? Yeah, I think dude. That's St. Louis right there. That's the alma mater, baby. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you went there too? I did not. No, oh. I always wanted to, but I ended up, uh, I was one of those dorks that right out of high school, I just went right to work. Oh, so. good move, dude. <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, yeah. It I is a real good move, dude. Like, it's, it's very interesting because there are times where I don't have the textbook education, but I've got like the experience of doing something. Yeah. And so like I'll be doing a job and then somebody else will like have like the bachelor's degree in the same industry, but I've had 10 years of experience. Yeah. And it's really interesting where like we both like fill in the gap. Like I, in my opinion, like whenever you go to work at a, a job or something where you have two people that that's the dynamic. Yeah. I mean, just hire them both because they're both going to bring something unique to the table. Right. You know, one guy's got the experience of like, hey, listen, we've done this and we know what you're saying, but yeah. the other person, I, I feel like it's almost like street smarts versus book, book smarts in a lot of way. Dude, yeah, but. I mean, I've, dude, I've I've went to school with people who water's right down there. Oh yeah, there it is. I forgot. Uh, Thank you. You're fine. Um, who like who do just fine in the school system, but you talk to them and like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not very intelligent. You're just like book smart. Yeah. Or they're or they're almost too timid to actually make a move on stuff. That's what I've I've seen a lot is where they have all the knowledge and they're very well spoken, but they're almost stuck. And this is really ironic come for me because I suffer from this a lot is that uh, paralysis from analysis. Yeah, they overthink it too much. And they don't make a move. Right. And sometimes like you have that confidence and experience to where. You've been, done this a hundred times before when you didn't know, and you're like, I just got to fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's just the only way to do it. Just right. do it. Yeah. Proud, that's that's so common for a lot of people. Though, yeah. Right? Yeah, dude. But, I used to say it was good for geniuses, but I think I was just making myself feel better. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, I might not even, like, I'm not really even encouraging my son to go to college, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I think he'll do really good in college, but I think he'll do even better in life. I Honestly, I like the idea of, and, and this goes back a few years ago, that guy on Dirty Jobs where he talked, Mike Rowe. Yeah, Mike Rowe. Talked about the vocations and the trade schools, man. That's It's we an industry we need more of now. More of that. Um, and, it's, and it's one of those things where I feel like people have kind of pushed – the traditional education system for so long that we almost forgot about those. Yeah. And so when you hear people, oh, you're a welder. Well, this guy is like a business guy. It's like, you think that the guy in the suit and tie is better off. I'm like, yeah, but the welder somehow doesn't have the same debt, doesn't have the same problems, isn't nearly as stressed out. Yeah. And he has a skill that is always in demand. Dude, I, so we just <laughs> remodeled this house over the last year and uh -huh. working with just this, these different peoples in the trades, like, mm -hmm. man, they are killing it. Yeah. So many of those guys are just killing it. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of idiots in that trade, too. Oh, yeah. Where they're just like, it's hard to even give some of those fuckers jobs, dude. You're it like, is. Like, you call them, and they're like, yeah, I'll be there, and then they don't show up, or yeah. they just don't want to take the job for whatever reason. So, don't <laughs> drive me nuts. <laughs> dude, we went through probably, 
with we because we got we got all the drywall hung up and we were uh, taping mud in and uh, we had this one guy who was recommended to us. I was like, all right, he's kind of like a friend of the gym. He's cool. Yeah. No, bro, we ended up paying him some, and then he never showed back. He never showed up. He kept making all these excuses. I finally lost my fucking shit on him and said. Probably the worst things I could ever say to oh, a human. Man. I felt really bad for a little bit, but now I don't. I'm like, fuck <laughs> that guy. And then I probably went through another five or six people until yep. I finally could give somebody the job. I'm like, oh, my God, this shouldn't be this hard to yeah. hire somebody. But the ones who do it, man, those guys are killing it. I, I'll tell you what, when you come to contracting, people that know how to do mudding and taping, they're saints. Because that is not an easy job at all. No, it's like it's not complicated, but it's like the skill. So damn tedious Dude. and skillful. And they move so fast. Yeah, they're you good. have to because that is not an easy. Like you could get stuck there for hours doing that if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and so could. they have that down to like it's like boxers. It is a sweet science. It really is, <laughs> and they make it nice and flat. And yes. It's just like man, you fuck up your shit if you don't know what you're doing. I, there was a a couple guys I worked with years ago. I, I've done a couple part time jobs here and there, um, but one of the two contractor jobs I worked at. Um, there was a there was a team and they were both brothers and they they did mudding and taping. Okay. And it was literally like they would apparently they would just like paper rock scissor who got what. <laughs> but they were both so good at it, they didn't mind doing it. And so a lot of it was like, okay, what do you feel like doing today? I don't really feel like mudding. All right, I'm just gonna do the taping then. All right, fine. <laughs> so yeah, man, teamwork makes the dream work. Exactly. Though. And they would, I mean. I can't even remember some of the projects where you're thinking, oh, man, it's like a four-hour job. And like an hour and a half later, like, hey, you want anything for lunch? We're done. Like, How'd you do this? <laughs> dude, yeah. Well, I'm just picking up trash. I just got – how? On that same <laughs> note, dude, though, whenever they start quoting you, they're going to tell you it's going to take way longer than it does. Yeah. I hate that shit. They're like, oh, it's going to take four days. And it takes them – they might come over four days, but it takes them like two hours every day. Yeah. Some of it – I get it. They got to wait in different things. I, I think there is – yeah, there's a lot of other variables. But as far as like actual physical work, it's not four – 24-hour yeah. days. It's, but it's barely any work. On the flip days. side, if they would have told you it took two days and then they took five, you'd be like, what the fuck are you guys still doing here? Yeah, that's <laughs> the truth. That's the truth. I just think so they can quote you more is all of there's, a, there's probably a little bit of that. There's a little there. bit of that. There's a little bit of that. Man, but – so you have kids, though. Are you going to push them into college, you think? You know, I'm going to see how they both do. I think uh, right now my son is the kind where he, he does really well academically. My daughter just started kindergarten. Okay. So I don't really know where she wants to go. Still but early she's, to figure it out. Yeah, but yeah. she loves learning. So she, I would not be surprised if she goes more academic. But she's also they're both fairly physical. Like, they love getting outdoors. My son's about to do his first jiu-jitsu tournament in October. Ooh, that's exciting. I'm very excited. And he's also dragged my ass out, too. So I'm going to call myself. I'm going to compete in October for the first time in, like, 10 years. Dude, <laughs> that'd be dope. I, my son, AJ, and I, we went to Columbia and competed. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like a year and a half ago. It was so fun to do it together. Yeah, and it'll be interesting because uh, – was it, like, a Fuji or – Yeah, it was a Fuji. Okay, cool, because I was – that's what we're doing in uh, October. Okay. What's awkward, though, is I, I also uh, – for five weekends every year, I work at the Renaissance Festival for my mom's booth. Mm -hmm. And so that's the last weekend affair, which is always the busiest. So oh. we're going to have to go compete and then bolt to go work. Right. That's going on right now, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, this last weekend was 2 of 5. Dang. And it was it's fun. It's uh it's interesting with all the regulations they have with COVID. I'm actually really curious how they're going to do it with with Fuji, but I mean, thankfully I know some of the guys that work it. Yeah. So I could kind of ask them like, "Hey, what's the rules of spectators and masks and all that stuff?" Yeah. I'm sure they have it on the website. I just have not looked at it yet today. So Everyone's going to be different. I worked at um AGF when they came. Oh yeah. And uh yeah, I mean, it wasn't as big of a crowd, mm -hmm. um but I mean, it was chill. I I really like, especially when you can get stuff like, it used to be very few and far between where you would see stuff here in St. Louis and around the area. Like, you had to travel. Oh, yeah. To compete. And so it's so cool, like, 
now we live in an age where you've got your Fujis and your AGS and all the other ones out there that can actually like come through and put on a good show. Yeah, it used to just be Naga. <clears throat> yeah, I did. Naga was it. Which is funny because like that was like the dirtiest N word in Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't like Naga. I know I don't like Naga either, but dude, they came in the town. I think it was maybe the last time they came in the uh-huh. town. I signed up my son, and I was just like, "This is the worst experience ever." None, yeah. of, none of the workers were friendly. They yeah. they acted like you're trying to get over on them, and then the refs were fucking rude as hell. Like, yeah, I just was. Not, I'm just like, nope, never again. Fuck you, Naga. I can fuck you, Naga. Hope you're listening. <laughs> Save your fucking be- belts and. <laughs> And, and that was swords. one of the only reasons. The belts that, and swords are the coolest thing. I was just going to say the same thing. I'm like, that is one reason I really kind of want to compete in Naga because I, I want that belt. Yeah. So, Fuji, if you're listening, uh, belts. Belts. Me- medals are great. Belts. Everybody, everybody has that vision of doing like the rock or the Hulk Hogan with your championship. Oh, who doesn't want to do that, bro? That's the best. Yeah. Show, up, show up on a Monday with your belt like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Dude, and what kid doesn't want to win a sword? No shit. Dude, I think Naga did get that right, man. Those, those are some cool ass things. You, know, I, you just got to hire nicer people. I, I feel like one of those two just needs to buy Naga. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Take them out. Go ahead. Just take them. You know the one I always – I remember watching videos of years ago when I first got into jiu-jitsu, but I never competed in one was Grappler's Quest. I don't even know if they're still around anymore. I don't know if they are either. They were like the big dogs, though, and I I feel like they were always coastal. I don't remember them doing too much in the Midwest. Oh. I I don't think they ever came through St. Louis. I could be wrong. I don't really know, man. I didn't really even start getting super hip until probably the last, like – Four or five years, as mm-hmm. far as jujitsu tournaments are concerned, because I was just so focused on MMA. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I never only like only tournaments I really did were like in-house tournaments and different things. Yeah, I never did a whole lot of competing. See, my thing is, I I've always kind of sucked at competition. I like <laughs> I said this before. I like competing. I suck at competing, but I just don't do it enough. So I, I can't even say I suck. I'm just I'm not I'm not acquired. I'm not initiated to that world. Yeah, you know? it's its own thing, man. Yeah, I love the experience though. I hate training for it. Uh, but yeah. I love training. Yeah. So it's that middle ground of like, I love training. I actually do like competing. I don't like training to compete. Because <laughs> that's where like all the injuries happen. It's like everything hurts. It's, a, it's and, another level of intensity. I don't yes. mind training at that intensity. I just don't like competing to be honest with really? you. Really? I can see that. Yeah. I don't get a lot of validation from it. And I don't that's know, fair. I don't know if it's just because I could, you know, fought for so long and just the number of psychedelics. It's just like my ego doesn't get, <laughs> that's fair. Doesn't get anything from it. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to do Pan Ams here coming up two weeks oh nice yeah, man down in orlando so that should Good be stuff. fun we got a lot of guys that are going down actually uh there's some people cutting weight right now for it so see fuck that i'm not cutting weight <laughs> i'm dude, i'm competing at 207 and i'm, I'm That's like literally what i'm walking around at right now i'm at like 195 right now so like i'm going up nice i just don't want to i don't want to cut weight <laughs> see my thing is i'm at, i'm walking around like 205 207 on any given day but i know i feel better at 185 yeah i've always felt my best at 185 i've been heavier i've been lighter 85 or 95 85 85, 85. okay um or whatever that weight class is. I forget where it is in IBJJF or Fuji. But I think it's 85. I think it is, too. That's what, like 86. They do the kilos thing, so yeah. I always forget what they are. But um, I always felt fast, strong, and conditioned at 185. Because I've done 170, and I did 155 once. 55, I felt fast, but I had no gas. Mm-hmm. And I had no strength. But I had speed, and I, I was I was okay there. I, so I was even watching old matches of myself in, at that weight. And I'm like... I had a fucking war one time. You're a little dude. I was little. Well, and I cut. I made a big cut that year. It was like almost cutting from 180 to 155. Is it even worth it? <clears throat> I don't think it was. No. I mean, I will say it was. It was nice because there were some times where I did feel like I had a little bit of a size advantage, but at the same time, like I didn't have conditioning on my side. So, you know, you have the size and the strength to a point, but like, what's the point of it if you have no gas? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's like a dead car sitting in the yard. Doesn't matter. Right. And yeah. so for me to like say, okay, when I think, 
I've also just put on a little extra weight that I just probably could get rid of anyway. Yeah. And so that's why I think, like, you know, when I did the math on it and I do, the, like, the body composition, getting my ass in shape to one, even if it were 190, 195, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking 5, 10 pounds top difference. That's just water weight at that point. I, if I woke up and stepped on the scale and I was 195 and that was the weight class, I'd be fine. Yeah. But if I can get to 185, I know that historically I perform better there. Really? And it's this kind of like nice middle between the small guys and the big guys, I feel. Yeah. You know, so that, that yeah. 170 to 185 yeah. range seems to be the perfect mid-ground. Yeah. Because yeah. then you like you get a little size. You can kind of like, you know, hold your own against those big dudes. And I feel like uh, I also got injured less when I did takedowns at a heavier weight. Mm. Like little guys, they'll just pull guard. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm not going to get thrown. <laughs> That's true. That's well, true. Of course, watch like if I ever do an absolute division, I'll get a 140 yeah, like black a, belt in judo who's or, like an Olympic medalist and chucks a, me on my head. A savage wrestler. Like yeah, a, exactly. Like a Greco guy or something. Oh, that's Likes to put people on their head. That's the worst, isn't it? Yeah. Well, dude, you said something interesting because like I was just talking about this with somebody. Like, like there's there is a difference between like being in shape and like being conditioned. Yes. Like, dude, you have to be in fucking condition yeah to to compete you really because the intensity is just so much higher oh yeah there's so much tension everyone's going as hard as they can i think Mm -hmm. that's also what i don't really like it's just like i don't want to go that hard like i love (laughs) i like training hard but like when you're in there i've noticed where injuries come from is when both sides are just giving everything they have and there's just tension on both sides yeah like if i'm going i'm training and like somebody is is really trying Mm. to force something like i kind of give a little bit and like and absorb their energy you have to because if i fight my energy with their energy usually something gets pulled you know what i mean like yeah. something's getting hurt and something gets stretched yeah like, then, then it's almost like just two bowls going at it you exactly. know you have to give way a little bit to open up space right so it's like in when you're competing though there's no one's giving up shit for sure so it's like man i get out of there like my fucking fingers were hurt <laughs> my forearms would be burned out i'm just like is this worth it i don't even feel good right now one even of, if you win I one of my favorite memories because I, I love my grip work and uh one of my favorite memories of like getting ready for competition is i i had done so much like grip training because i didn't want my hands to give out Mm. right and so i was doing finger stuff i was doing like grippers and but i never trained the open yeah i was trying to train the close so i had like these alligator hands where like they'll clamp down hard but they will not open for shit yeah and so one time i had this really deep cross collar choke on a guy and he tapped and i let go and i couldn't open my hand because all the blood had been pumping through this area yeah dude. and i'm like hold on one second i'm like prying my fingers <laughs> out. i'm like i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah dude i'm like happens. smacking my arm god damn it no <laughs> yeah dude those things get full of fucking blood it's oh tough. yeah it's tough to deal with yeah man. yeah but that's why you gotta do those like contrast baths where you like dive them in hot water dive them in cold and just kind of yeah. like get the circulation going dude i want to i keep saying i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get some buckets and fill it up with rice so i can mm-hmm. start working more of my extensors I've heard that's actually uh, that's one thing I've never done, and I hear it's amazing going in there and just gripping and yeah, just moving, just gripping and yeah. extending and stuff. I mean, everything at least with, with grappling, right, is like it's here. Yeah, everything is so tight, so it's like I gotta like work these other fuckers. That's muscles. one reason why I um I don't want to say I gave them up, but I switched over from doing like pull ups to chin ups because I realized most of your pulling motions in jiu jitsu, you're gonna have this grip. Oh, the- you're you're very rarely ever here. Oh, I actually, I'm here a lot. Really? I'm here. I'm, I can see that for like spider guard and I'm stuff. I'm over. Well, just dude, I get that pocket grip and then like I'll okay. start putting my foot in your hip. And then because yeah, I just have a habit of, of being here. I, I really do. Because then I'll come here and then I'll go to a cross collar. And I usually pull that in. Yeah. And I'll sweep you well, see, something. I can see that. But even there, you still got that one, right? So even there, you're kind of. Oh, t- this one's yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, on that collar. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Now that I say that, like I, I'm thinking like maybe that's just my game. 
Maybe it could just be your game. <laughs> it might just be it me. It could be your game. You know, we all have our own game. That's yeah. the beauty of jiu-jitsu, man. I've been teaching it so much, and um, it's always so interesting when somebody, like, they want you to have, like, the right answer. I'm just like, I have a answer for you. Like, yeah. This is how I do it. Like, it may not be, like, there's other ways to do it. There's I not think, just one way to do anything. I think that is the answer is to have a answer. Yeah. Yeah. I'll <laughs> have a answer. Yeah. I have an answer that might address this, but. Understand that there's a hundred others. Dude, there's like a million. Like, yeah. What about this? What about this? What about this? Like, dude, you could say, you could, we could do that about anything. There's yeah. Like, there's like a million alternatives to what could be happening right now. That's one reason why, like, if you ever get a seminar with, like, Hoyler or someone like that, they, they always give that, like, well, you can. Yeah. You know, or maybe, you know, hey, how do you get out of this move? Man, just don't let it happen. Like, <laughs> that's a good one and, and i love it when like it Don't drives it's so funny it drives white belts nuts yeah it drives blue belts nuts and everybody i think has that frustrating answer of like well no shit but like what's the answer well that was the answer just if you know how do you get out of a triangle well how did you get there right how did you get this one in and one out grip and then your posture broken down and you go oh shit lock lock oh. yeah both in or both out. yeah and so it's it's like it's one of those maturity answers that you have to like i can give you a technique but i don't want you to rely on it yeah yeah. yeah, it's good to have the defense on how to get out yeah. of something, but yeah, just don't get there. Right, it really is, and eventually, that's the whole move. It's just like you can you can recognize what's about to happen. Yes, or you can start shutting shit down before it can happen. What's really fun is when you take that same concept and start applying that to like business. Yeah, you know when you like I, I joked all the time for the years like in a corporate job, I'd have like this big project due and I'm hammering away at it, but I'm like I'm chill. And I was like, why are you not stressing out over this? I'm like, dude, I pay a fee every month. To have fucking gorillas smash me in the in the gym, I do this voluntarily. Yeah, you know, I go wrestle with two hundred pound giants in pajamas, and they try to choke me and rip my arms and legs off. Here, you think a fucking Excel sheet scares me right now? Right, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm a little nervous, and I and I feel the pressure to get it done. But that's not a fear. That's a that's a uh, that's a drive. That's a uh, accountability thing, right? Right. You, you you have a deadline. Yeah. And so I'm motivated to get it done, but I'm not like a like the world will not end. If this doesn't happen, if I, no. if I have to say, email a client, go, Hey man, we're running numbers right now, right now, this is where we're at. I need a couple more hours to get this done. Or can you give me one more day to validate this with some people? So many people are so cool in that setting where they're like, yeah, that's fine. I'd rather you get it done. Right. Right. You know, or like in contracting, Hey man, we are going to install your kitchen cabinets, but we got to do some work to like, make sure we can support them. Right. Right. It might take an extra day. Is that okay? Like people appreciate that honesty. Yeah. And because you see that coming now, because you've been in that pocket before and you're like, Oh shit, this is going to take a minute. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you like people legitimately feel like the world's going to end if yeah. they don't meet a deadline or something. Yeah. But hardly any deadline has ever met. Like it really right and like most things there's some cushion built in there or that, that is one of the things I don't like. Um, That's why you overquote that way. <laughs> Going back to that yeah, one, overquote, right? yeah, dude, for real. <laughs> like with school, man, like it's it, it's these particular parameters, and we're essentially just creating like factory workers. Like we don't yeah. we don't teach kids how to think and. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of torn with this whole virtual thing right now because, like, my kids have been going to a virtual learning. Right. And um, they're actually going to start going back to school part-time pretty soon, which would be cool. Yeah. But um, it's like I like that they they have to be a little bit more responsible right now with right. their timing and, and, and uh, just – just what, what's the word I wanted to use? Um, I don't fucking know what the word I wanted to use was, Mike. What? I was gonna say accountability jumped out of my head. Accountability but I don't know if that's what you're is going for. no accountability. Oh, time management. There okay, yeah, 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 yeah. They gotta have better time management. <laughs> accountability is there, yeah. right? It's like no one's holding their hand. Um, obviously, like we're here to make sure they're doing their shit, and the teachers are sure. on the other end. But like, you don't have that constant little thing right there. Like, you yeah. really have to do it. So there is something for that. Yes. But a lot of school, man, it's just like there's these deadlines, and it's uh -huh. like 
oh, nope, you didn't do it right, you failed. And it's just like, there's like life isn't that simple. It's or, really not. Or not that black and white. It's like it doesn't really teach people how to be successful in life. Oftentimes. I don't think it does at all. Um, yeah. When things started shutting down back in March, there were a couple of times where my son had to do virtual learning even back then. Like yeah. It was yeah. Just finishing the out the school year. year. Yeah, we did too. And so it was funny because we would get in there and I'm thinking, man, we got to go through all this stuff. So I'm out getting like three hours of my morning mm-hmm. to help him get started. And, and sometimes we would go do a couple errands and come back. And we were blowing through two, three, four days of work in an hour. Yes. And I was blown away. I'm like, should I be dragging this out a little bit more? But at the same time, it forced him to understand that, one, you don't have to drag this out. If you just get it done, you're done. Yeah. And so then he realized, wait, if I hammer this down and I get this done and it's correct – I got more time to go explore other things. Yes. And so, you know, maybe that was like go play outside. Maybe let's go work on a game. Maybe I'll give him some t- tablet time or some TV time. Yeah. Um, or, hey, if you get this done, we can go get, you know, go get lunch a little earlier and yeah. then go play over here. And yeah. so we would have those little games now. And at the same time, I'm like right next to him on my laptop getting my shit done. Dude. So it was it was really kind of fun to have like I've got my work stuff, he's got his work stuff, and we're just chilling almost like you, what you see people at a Starbucks, yeah, <laughs> doing their home business stuff. Dude, it's the way of the future, man. <clears throat> I think it really is, and I, I I will say it opened up my eyes a little bit to, you know, one there really is no excuse to have the kind of stress with those deadlines, because if you could just do this all through Google Classroom, which and once I saw that I'm like, why don't we do this more? Like, why yeah. are we still wasting the paper? Like, if I could just say, hey, deploy this to your email. Or, like, if you do waste the paper on it and say, hey, print this out. Oh, I lost it. Well, it's on your account. Right. Click, click, click. You're done. Right. You know, and we had that happen a couple of times where Jack meant to turn in some work. We couldn't find the paper, so we just do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just like we, we create these, uh, like, we just create these parameters that you have to stick within. Like, yeah. Like, the whole idea, like, whenever I was working the corporate job, it's like this whole idea of, of you have to be at work for 40 hours. Right. Dude, I would probably waste 25 of those hours a week. Oh, I'm sure everybody does. Because it's like I get my fucking work done, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, I'm done, and then now I'm just wasting time. Yeah. I'm just like wasting my day <laughs> to try to look busy, to try to – it's like, dude, Man, but, but I'm, I'm more productive than everybody else, so why are you on my ass right now? <laughs> yeah, I had that happen at a couple of jobs where I would like and, – and some of it was like – it just wasn't uh, – I don't want to say it wasn't stimulating to me, but I, there was a certain point where I just kind of asked, like, why are we doing it this way? Yeah. And because I wanted to question, like, why is this process this way? Well, nobody wanted to answer that because they're like, well, we just got to get the work done. Yeah. So we don't have time to talk about this. You got to get this done. I'm like, right, but this doesn't seem efficient. Right. And so I you know, I would still work my ass off and still get things done, but I would see people at different corporate jobs where they're murdering themselves trying to keep up and they have like all these clients that got to answer and all these people that are r- counting on them. And then you have like, the, they're also the senior. So they have to like train all the people underneath them and then have to allocate time for that. And I'm like, you've got a whole team of people and you can't tell me that every one of us is maxed out to capacity where they can't offload some of that tedious shit. Right. Like if you really look like that's like you said, teamwork, right? Right. If you've got like new people, well, they're okay. They're learning these like new, new people tasks here. Let's give them like all of that. Let's keep them busy here. What are the the senior tasks that you need to work on? Who, right. What are the meetings you need to have? How do we like? Yeah. And and it was funny because like the last two corporate jobs I have, they all thrived on delegating mm. because like you know okay we got to implement this thing here okay well that has to go to IT or you have to go to a programmer okay we'll kick that shit over there and it was just basically task management right and I'm like okay so there's not really a whole lot of like you still have to have the knowledge to do it but like I'm not coding. Right. I'm not creating these crazy images. I'm not doing all the shit. I'm just making sure that people get their shit done. Yeah. <laughs> it's project management. It's yeah. leadership for sure. Exactly. Which is cool. But like I still come back to like 
come on, man. Do we really need to fucking stress over like this? Yeah, don't stress over that shit. When's the last time you've had a corporate job? Uh, last year. Oh, last, last year. Yeah, last year. Oh, damn. <laughs> Dang. Are you back to doing? You're you're like building your business back again, to right? full time coaching yeah. and uh, actually I just started doing nutrition counseling. Oh, nice. So I do. Um, I don't know if it's ca- counseling is the right word. I think coaching is a better word. Yeah. Um. So I I started the certification back in 2017 when I had my gym, and after the gym closed, I couldn't find the materials. <clears throat> so clean out the basement. Something made me think of it the other day, or not the other day, but like months ago. And so something got me thinking about that course. And I'm like, yeah, I started that course, but I don't think I ever finished it. And so I started looking through the stuff in the basement. I found the materials. I went, oh, shit, like the book and everything was still in the plastic. <laughs> Not only that, it was still in the original shipped box unopened. Like it was still taped. Oh, shit. Like it was, they could have sent it yesterday. You would have never known the difference. That's funny. And so I opened it up. I got my login out. I'm like, is this still good? I'm emailing support. They're like, yeah, we just reset your password. You're all set. Oh, so nice. went through, banged it out. And then uh, I've been loading people into that software. And it's great because... It's through Precision Nutrition, which I love their philosophy. It's very habit-based. It's not like, okay, eat this, eat not that. They want you to understand why do we eat these things. Yeah. And so if you understand, like, what you're trying to go for, and it doesn't matter if it's, like, vegetarian or vegan or just, you know, whatever diet you're on or whatever system you want to use, it's understanding the quality of the nutrition saying, okay, we have these things that provide these nutrients, these things that provide these building blocks. Now that you know this, now let's start working on the habits to learn how to teach you to build better structures for yourself. Right. And I like that habit approach where it's not like I'm just giving you a meal plan and say, here right. you go. Right. Yeah. It's like you're actually trying to educate people. Yes. And you're trying to, yeah, you're definitely, there's, there's, there's behavior coaching there. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And that's why I love that system and how um, I use their software called Pro Coach, where if I add you to my system, it gives you those habits daily. So you have to check in. You can log your food. You can track your measurements. Yeah. Um, I can deploy workouts from there. Nice. So that's where, like, when everything went south, it was a, you know, somebody had given me the idea as a good friend of mine, George, he threw the idea out of like, everybody's pivoting to online workouts, but no, not many people are doing nutrition. Yeah. And I thought about it for me like, yeah, actually that's golden. And then we had this race to get it done. He passed his course. He went and registered for it and then raced me to get it done. And I bombed miserably. Like he beat my ass on the, on the timeline. Yeah. But I still got it done. And once I got it done, I felt actually it was like, Man, I really should have like buckled down on this sooner. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's, dude, once you finish something, you're like, why didn't I do that sooner? I had that thought the entire and and some of it was like just let my day get ahead of me and like yeah. you get done at like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night, and you're like you're just gassed. You don't want to bang on an hour of. Oh yeah, your brain's fried. Yeah, it's like there was nothing there. But when I look back at it and and all going back to the experience versus the book work, yeah, I had this big thick textbook from from Precision Nutrition on this is all of our stuff and all of our coaching and whatever. I opened that book twice. Yeah. And I think it was just a look up a vocabulary term, and yeah. that was it. And I'm like, oh, shit, I knew How that. much of what they're teaching is actually accurate and up-to-date? I think it's actually fairly accurate and up-to-date. I really do. Um, and because, like, again, a lot of it is just – it's the basic groundwork philosophy, like what is a protein? Yeah. Well, you know, what are carbs? What are – you know, let's right. talk about what, what does it mean to get vegetables in your diet, and what does that do for you? Yeah. Um, so is it, like, the most cutting edge? Maybe, maybe not, but yeah. – is it something where if somebody were to start here, they're going to be better off? Absolutely. Yeah. Because some people just don't have an idea. They're like, they're still right. the assholes that are like, I don't say assholes, but fuck, I'm going to say assholes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're the assholes. Well, I had a salad at McDonald's once. Right. Well, that's great. <laughs> yeah, man. I uh, When I did the uh, the fitness and nutrition certification through ACE, um, like I'm doing it. I'm just like, but I'm doing it in mind knowing that not all of this information is up to date and correct. Yes. Because, dude, it can take 20 to 30 years for, for current science to get into academia. Absolutely. So it's just like some of the stuff is just so antiquated and outdated. 
And well, and that's one of those things that's a little different with some of those off the off the road certifications because while they may get in like schools and and colleges, as far as like unique certifications, you could come up with your own stuff tomorrow and yeah. certify people. Yeah, you could. And so I I think that's why they're always going to be a little bit more up to date. But at the same time, they still have to systemize it, and that does take time. So we're, like you said, 20, 30 years for science to get into academia. Here it might be 5 to 10, but you're still 5 to 10 past the ball. Yeah, you're still late. But you're still better than the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it can all just be so old. I remember doing that even whenever I was doing my personal training certification. I'm like, ah, yeah. I'm never going to use this methodology. But all these certs are good for, for marketing. I think so. And I think uh, if you don't have any knowledge, I think it at least gives you a base. Yeah. If you, you don't know, know anything. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, here's a great example, especially in our world, the whole Gracie Combatives Online. Yeah. You know, it, it gives you a good understanding. Is it as good as actually getting to a gym? No, but they'll it's even say that. Certainly not. Yeah. They, they'll say that, on, like, boldface on the thing. This is for people that do not have access down the road or within 20 miles of a school. Yeah. So just to give you something. And they even say you still need a partner to drill. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, man, you can make it as complicated or as simple as you want. Of especially course. with nutrition, right? I mean, most people try to make it too complicated. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Whenever I, I, I talk to people about nutrition, like – I feel like there's there's kind of two methodologies when it comes to it. Like you have like your bakers and you have your chefs. Is kind of how I always talk about it. Okay. Like your bakers, they need they need to know how much. All yeah. Like I what what and how much. I like this when. analogy. And then it's like because you know when you're baking a cake, like it, it, the like the <clears throat> measurements matter, and you like you have to go by yeah. the book. And like if people want me to tell you like you want me to tell you what to eat and how much to eat, like I'm not your fucking guy. I'm not, right. I can't, exactly. But it's like if you want to talk about options like what's available like i'm all about like especially with health and nutrition like you need to learn your body like right. you need to learn to listen to your body yes and you got to figure out what works for you because what works for me may not work for you so it's it's an experiment always man it's like mm -hmm. it's like you know you try something it's like oh i do like that or i don't like that and then you know you're just, you're just it's a living document essentially yeah you're always trying to figure this out yeah i i agree and that's i've said this a bunch of times i know for sure and it's funny you said baking and chef or baker and chef because i've said before like you know, baking is a science. Yeah. You got to have exact measurements at the right time with the right conditions to get the right meal. Right. Being a chef, that's art. Yeah, dude. It's you like, can create. Like, this sounds good. This tastes good. This smells good. Let me, yeah. Let me try this. You know, that's where you get the people that have, like, you know, these apple glazed, you know, steaks. And you're like, what the fuck? Then why would you come up with that? And you try it like, that's fucking amazing. Right. How did you get this? Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. So it's just like, that's how I like to approach things. Yeah. And I think that's cool. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I like coaching the concepts of like, here's, here's like the basic building blocks here. Right. And then I might even throw a couple recipes and say, Hey, here's something you could try. Right. But I'll be honest, like the last time I think I followed a recipe to a T, I don't remember. Like I'll look at it for like a rough guideline on stuff just so I don't like over flavor one thing or another, especially the first couple times I do it. Yeah. After that, I'm just like, ah, I fucking got this. Figure it. Yeah, exactly. I don't even measure it. <laughs> Dude, me neither. I don't measure shit, man. I'm just like, Oh, this smells good. All right. Yeah. I think that's enough. Like, yeah. You know, you just figure it out, man. It's, exactly. It's, it's a process, trial and error. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've always, I've just, I've never been that type who just needs to know exactly what and how much. Yeah, and, and I it's think. It's so common. There, there are situations for that for sure. Like, you know, um, especially with like athletes, like if you're in a weight-based sport and you have to make weight at a certain time, you need to track that stuff, especially if, if you're having a hard time yeah. hitting stuff. I can see where that has an effect. But again, if you're listening to your body and you're performing well and you're doing what you need to do, like. Um, I've said this before, like just talking about this a couple weeks ago at, at, the, at the gym, not jujitsu, but I don't remember ever having a hard time making weight. Yeah. And I don't remember measuring anything out. 
Right. I mean, I'm sure I did at some point, but I don't remember the last time I did. Right. I just kind of keep track. I like. I think. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. I think if you're going to like keep track of things or measure things out, I think it's good to do it for like in the beginning, maybe mm-hmm. for a certain period of time, just to get an idea. Yeah. Because eventually you do something enough, it's like shit. I've, I've measured out four ounces of chicken enough. I can probably look at that and just know. I, yes. Right. And it's yeah. just like, oh, I know how I feel whenever I have this or that. And it's just like, just get an idea, but you can't rely on the data. Some people get yeah. so data driven that they just they get stuck yeah. on the data even absolutely and, and that's and and to a point i'm glad those methods are out there for those people for sure because if that's your learning style then that's how you need to approach it um but when i hear people saying like hey you need to have like 1.785 liters of water and not an ounce more i'm like what the fuck why yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, what if i'm, what, what if I'm and not act- like how did you get that number yeah yeah for real and i think sometimes like you you need to do like you need to eat and you need to you need to like hydrate based off your activity level like absolutely if you're more active today then maybe eat some more food drink some more water mm-hmm. but if you're just like not doing shit today then maybe hey maybe you only have one meal today like, oh yeah like, <laughs> I've heard that before too where you eat based on what you're what is it eat based on what you're going to do or what you just did yeah you know so like if you know you're gonna be doing like a heavy marathon yeah the night before carb up for sure for sure you, but you know if you're gonna go train jujitsu yeah you probably need some carbs in you if you just got done weightlifting yeah you get some protein in you yeah but you know if you're if you're not doing shit you don't need a whole birthday cake to yourself yeah <laughs> for real you don't need that anyway but no you don't no that sounds good though man Damn, i haven't had cake in a minute are you doing 75 hard still? I am, and I actually just called myself out because I failed yesterday. I forgot my uh, my second workout. Ah, <laughs> uh, bro. But you know what? It's I'm I'm glad because it's one of those things where, one, I'm I'm happy to call myself out because it is a process. Yeah. And and I was listening to uh, I think it was David Goggins. Yeah, it was David Goggins, and he was talking about when he had a hard time understanding something, he would write it out excessively until he just mastered it. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? If I have to do this two three times to get it down, I mean. This time I made it a couple of days in, but I like uh, – I will say it is kind of funny on the app where uh, he says, hey, you know what? You failed. No no sugarcoating it, but great chance is you get a new chance to start over and try it again. Yeah, yeah. And like, I like the I like the fact that like you do get a little ribbing from from uh, the app and from Andy Frisella through the app, but it's yeah. like, okay, I get what you're going with this. But yeah, it, it is nice to know like, yeah, you bomb, but you know what? It's not the end of the world. It's but definitely come, not the end of the world, man. Eventually yeah. something just clicks and you just do it. Yeah, and I think for me it was – I was doing a really good job about getting that workout early in the morning. The, the, this is what killed me. It's it the Ren fair season because I was so exhausted. I didn't sleep that great Saturday night going into Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to – and I figured I was working, I'm walking around. I'm like, yes, I had to do at least 45 minutes of walking around there. So I'm like, not quite a workout, but it was outdoors. It was 45 minutes of activity. I mean, I could probably chalk that one up there for, for a session, right? And like almost like fasted cardio thing, but then I'm like, man, let's just call it what it is. I didn't fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah dude, at least you're honest with yourself, dude. And that's I, I kept rationalizing, rationalizing it in my head, and finally at one point I heard the question go, look, bottom line, did you do it or not? Yes or no? Right. Yeah, it, dude, that's that's the truth, man. We try to rationalize things. Yes. And like, oh, you know, that was it. Or, dude, it's so easy. But if you're just like – like what's harder? Whichever decision's harder, do that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I actually I failed yesterday on phase one. Yeah. Like I just straight up chose not to do shit, to be honest with and, you. And and there just, are those days. I was so fucking exhausted. <laughs> we just got back from camping and uh I'm just like, dude, like fuck it. I'm just gonna lay on this couch all day today. Like yeah. I'm consciously gonna fail today. Right. Like, I just don't wanna fucking do it. <laughs> and and again, that's why I'm like because of that same thing, uh I, I had an argument. I don't know an argument, but it was a discussion with somebody where you know, we were trying to handle some business stuff and 
You know, like when you're when you're looking for a simple answer and you get the well, here's the thing, yeah. and you know it's going to be like another paragraph or a monologue after that. And you're like, I just want the fucking answer. Yeah. So when I found myself doing that to myself, I went, dude, no, the answer is no, you didn't do it. Right. Yeah. And if you could just say that and say, let's just shut the shit up, just say, start over, go again. Yeah. It's okay. I, yeah. I think that really at the end of the day, the program is just about recognizing your own bullshit. And, and I and I, again, I agree. I 100% agree with you on that one. Yeah. And just like not not accepting it. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm almost hard to live with because of that. Because it's like <laughs> I, don't, I don't accept my bullshit, so sometimes I'm not – I'm not as kind as I probably should be with my girlfriend. Yeah, I've had that happen a couple times too where I'm like, I'm, I'm telling people, look, I just want like, I just want a really simple answer. And if I need to ask more questions on that, let me ask those questions because sometimes yeah, I'm not saying that you're trying to, <laughs> not to use the term mansplaining, but like over-explaining. Yeah. You know, I feel like people feel the need to do that more often than not. I'm like, I just want a yes or no. Yeah, like let's just cut the shit. Yeah. Let's just tell me how it is. Like I can I can make educated guesses on where the other – like if you tell me yes or no, I can make an educated guess on how that tree built from there. Yeah. But if I say no, why? Okay, cool. That's all I needed. Right. But but the thing – you're good. Good. Done. Yeah, I don't I don't need to know. Like I, I just want to know how, how can I help you get back to work? How can I help you do better? Yeah. That's we got it. that answer? All right, cool. All right, good. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it definitely helps just to be more direct and just cut through the bullshit yeah. for sure, man. Yeah, and that's one thing I love about this and, and even calling myself out. Like, I again, we rationalize everything and we have to over-explain everything to everyone to make us feel good. And sometimes you just have to own up the fact of I didn't get it done. It kind of sucks, but it's not the end of the world. Right. Just go back back to it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, like jujitsu, You tapped. Fuck. All right. Big deal. Yeah. How'd you tap? Well, guy got me in this. Well, how'd he get there? And you start going down that tree. Yeah. You can rationalize it later, but you still tapped. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, dude, nobody really cares. Thank you. For real. Like, yeah. No, nobody really cares. It's like, that's almost the beauty in, in anything if you if you can take it with, like, the right context. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially with, with fighting, like, if you, you know, so many fighters, you know, you lose and you, mm-hmm. know, you, feel, you feel awful. Like, the world just fucking yeah. ended. But guess what? Like, nobody cares that you just lost. For sure. Like, all the people who are talking shit, they never mattered. And then all your friends and family, they love you anyway. Yeah, like, exactly. Nobody cares. Even your opponent would probably grab you up and be like, hey, man, that was a tough fight. Good job. Dude, I've had an opponent. Um, I fought. He'll, he'll forever stick out in my mind. I fought an amateur Muay Thai fight. And uh, the dude, like, bruised my sternum, fucked oh, me shit. up. Yeah, dude. He's a bad motherfucker, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he was like he was like 6'6". Six, six. Oh, damn. Fucking just won um, TBAs, which is Thai boxing. Yeah. Especially, like, the national champion. Like, he just won the, the novice division the year before. Like, year. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, dude knew how to fucking how to fight i'm just an mma guy yeah he's he knew how to bang yeah so he fucked me up and then afterwards we had a beer and he was like the nicest fucking guy yeah i hear i love stories like that yeah like you know you even even if there's a little trash talk ahead of time you guys put all that aside and be like look we're human beings it's just all we're selling tickets we know that that's it yeah it was all good but it's like at the end of the day man as shitty as i felt like nobody cared like all my friends are still my friends exactly right and it's just like with anything it's like just save the excuses and just own your shit exactly and even if you even if you go up there and try like i know people who you know you, you hear those stories of like the worst competitor in the room but they still show up to practice. They mm-hmm. still kick ass. They may not have any world titles or, or international medals of any kind on their side. Not even local. Yeah. But they're the nice human being, and they're always there. Like, if they tap you, they pick you back up. You go again. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, this is just 
it's just life, man. Shit happens. Yeah. That's, that's all it's about. That's all. It's, that's something um, with like coaching and like always having been a competitor. It's like, fuck, man, I got to be the best for anybody to listen to me. Right. It's like, nah, man. It's like, this is just an art, man. We're all figuring it out. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have to be a world champion to be some, some to of be the a best good coaches coach. are in like those uh, best coaches to me. Uh, I can't remember if I was talking to my dad about this once or anyway, point is to me, the best coaches are like barbecue joints. They're the they're the hole in the wall with that with the like no sign on the door. Yeah. But they've they have like generations of knowledge at their disposal. Versus yeah. people like they're super corporate. And I mean like, you know, give you a great example. Everyone knows bandanas and super smokers. Yeah. Okay. But here in St. Louis we also know Pappies. Right. <laughs> yeah. Bro. And so like it's not a national team, but God damn are they good. Yeah. One of the best in the country, man. Yeah. And what's funny is I found out there's one that's opening out in St. Peter's and I called my dad and went, motherfucker, you didn't tell me they were opening up right there. The Pappies and yeah. St. Peter's? Oh, wow. Oh, right over by mid, like right off of the highway to the right where that little outlet mall is there. Yeah. You know, like QT? Mm-hmm. Over that way. Oh, like old St. Peter's. Yeah. Okay. And, and so I was like, you didn't tell me it was down the street from the house. Wow. And he's like, yeah, I did. I'm like, dude, I got kids to feed. I can't be here all the time. They're down the street. I'll never leave. I'm, be, I'm. Did they better get good at washing dishes and shit? Because yeah, we're just gonna live there. Well, bro. I mean, you're you're a barbecue guy. They they might I need, do love they that might shit. need like an assistant pitmaster. I something. you know what? If I am blessed enough to get that role, I'm I'm gonna start a new cologne called Smoky Mike because it's, <laughs> it's gonna be me. Dude, all of their pitmasters leave and like start their own fucking places. It's because they're so damn good. Yeah, I think I think Bogarts was was them. I think mm-hmm. Sugarfire used the guys used to work there at Pappy's. Yep, you hear guys like down in Texas that used to work at. Franklin's, oh, and dude, he's like I the brisket king. Fr- I still haven't been there. I've been to Austin five, six times. Yeah, I still have not been to Franklin's. I'm s- I slacking. I really want to go. Really? Well, and it's funny because there's a um, a really awesome black belt down there, Paulo Brandao, mm-hmm. and he's in Austin. Okay. And so I really want to get down and visit him. He's a Yamaha guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think tra- Tim Kennedy trains under him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Every year at uh, when JW does jujitsu camp. I do the brisket for them, and this last year it was so funny. Paul comes up, I'm like, "Hey, Paula, how are you?" He goes, "Hey, my brother, how are you? Where's my brisket?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "It's it's in the fridge." <laughs> dude, you kill it on the grill, man. I love that shit, dude. Yeah, it's such an art. It is, and again, it's chef. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love the cooking. If you told me, "Hey, you have to do it at this exact time," I would absolutely hate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I love barbecue so much. It's so free. Yeah, and open. You can you can just express yourself through it. Yeah. Some people are so good at it they got it down to a science. Yeah, but it's like, damn, man. I th- I found the best barbecue is the ones I'm actually the laziest on, where I don't monitor all this stuff. The only thing I care about is like if this temperature gets to this, or I'm sorry, if this meat gets to this temp by this time, it's a good time. Like you don't overthink it. Yeah, and that's and the only reason I say by this time is like if we have people coming over, like so let's say dinner's got to be ready at six, well I got to have the brisket done by four. Yeah, and so I just reverse engineer there. If I don't have that deadline, I don't even fucking. <laughs> when's dinner when it's done whenever hey listen be happy you're eating that's some caveman shit right there right when's dinner when I kill the tiger and when I drag his ass back here and carve him up and that's throw him on the grill. <laughs> is brisket like your, your favorite thing to, to grill or do you have like a good I think brisket's meat? probably my favorite the one I do more often than anything though uh on my barbecue well yeah either way I, I knew what you meant they're different though um, they're different if, if you go with grill though <laughs> this might throw you my favorite thing to grill is actually um, I'll grill the veggies and make salsa mm. and do that fire-roasted salsa action. Ooh, that's I my bet. favorite thing to grill. I bet that's delicious. That is. I love that shit. Um, but, I mean, I'll do everything. As far as, like, what I like to actually like, barbecue, though, Yeah. I love doing brisket. Um, I've really got pulled pork down to a science. But uh, my favorite thing that I probably do more often than not is on my smoker, I have these, like, hanging racks. Mm. And I'll just take two hooks and I'll hook it onto a whole chicken 
and I'll smoke that like right over the pit. No water, no no beer can up the rear kind of thing. It's just cut cut the backbone out, let it hang, mm. and I'll just like open pit smoke a chicken. I bet that's good. Oh, that's better than any rotisserie I've ever had. Damn. <laughs> There's just something about that smoke flavor once it seeps into the meat. Yeah. Oh, man. So good. I think there is something kind of primal about it too. Oh, yeah. You know, you it's like you're almost going back to like your ancestors kind of like this is how they cooked out in the, the open fire. Yeah, cooking over the fire. Yeah. Just like eating, eating some protein, eat that mm-hmm. shit with your hands. And you know what's funny? I was talking uh, – Years ago, a friend of mine told me – because I kept asking, like, what's this allure? Like, all those obstacle races and those marathons? Because you see, like, in St. Louis, they do marathons. We have a, mm-hmm. a hot chocolate run. There's an undies run. There's a, a – Cow, Cowbell run. Cowbell run. There's the, uh, the Valentine's – no, Valentine's Day, I think, is the underwear one. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wears their red panties. At the naked bike race? The naked bike race. You got all these fun communal things, and I had to ask somebody, like, what's the point of this? And I don't remember where they heard it from. Um but we were talking about how it's almost like, if you think about a a long time ago, this is, this does get a little bit more Paleolithic times, prehistoric man kind of stuff. But like they would do like the endurance kills where they would hunt an animal down and just run him all day down until they had no energy. They're not letting it eat. They're not letting it thrive. Right. Not letting it rest. Mm-hmm. And then they kill it. Well, then they'd have this big bonfire and there's a big event. So it's not unlike you probably had to run 26 miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put in some work, dude. Right, and so at the end, yeah, there's a fucking party because we killed the some bitch after a day. Right, and well, we're, we're we're tribal creatures, right? Yeah. And it's like you know, especially whenever you're kind of exposed to the elements, it's safer yep. to be together. Yeah, every, exactly. Everybody shared everything, and at the end of the day, we'd all you know, everybody'd come back and yep. share the kill and celebrate. And Something kind of Viking about those obstacle races too. You know, you're going over, you got all these things you got to run over, jump over, climb into, swim through, whatever. Yeah. And then you all have like beers and mead and and meat. Yeah. Dude, our body craves that shit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It, 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 like, it craves challenge. It mm-hmm. craves, like, difficult things. Like, yep. we need each other. Like, this thing's important. That's kind of one of the things that we're really losing. Like, yeah. just the more sophisticated we come, it's, it's become, rather, it's like we're getting away from something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of getting back to that shit. You're doing, you're doing, uh, you're you're a beekeeper now, right? You're doing I am. some beekeeping. I think. Holy I, shit! Want to hear something funny? That was something I have been talking about, fucking doing that for years. And I've been researching it. I've been into it. I'm like, man, I would love to do this one day. And finally, COVID happened. I went, fuck it. I know where my stimulus check's going. And I just went and bought a, I bought a fucking flow hive. I cooked up with a friend of mine from that Hoosier page. Yeah, dude. Uh, Big Mistakes. I love that group. Oh, dude, I love that. You want to talk about being sophisticated but still being a little Hoosier? Yeah. I mean, it's in the name. Yeah. Who, <laughs> Gotta I, love those guys. Dude, yeah, Craig and Steve are doing Shout out to Craig and Steve. Oh, fuck. I need to get them back on the podcast together. I want to get all three of us on, man. That's going to be – that should almost be like its own episode. <laughs> Very, yeah, dude. Those guys are crazy. Like either, either a Monday for them or, or an any day for us. That would be hilarious to get all four of us in a room. But, uh, yeah, with beekeeping, man, I, I got the Flow Hive, which I've been looking at for a while because I love that tech where it's like it's old school beekeeping, but it's new school tech. And I, I had some people like, man, that's – it's terrible for the bees. They won't take to it. They fucking took to mine. <laughs> they, they didn't think it would. They would take to the new hive. I think it's because it it has a plastic frame, mm. and so some people say like bees can't communicate on the plastic or whatever. And I'm like, when I, when I researched it, like I could get going. This beekeeping is like anything, man. You're always gonna have people that say one thing or another, and it's like you always got these purists who don't like the new technology. And, yeah, and yeah. so like there's there's pros and cons to everything for sure. And what I finally decided on was I didn't feel like but what I when I did the math on how much it would cost me to buy the tools and the extractor and all the equipment needed to pull the honey out when that's time, it literally was I think ten dollars cheaper to buy just a flow hive straight out. 
Oh, really? And so now it's like, okay, well, all of my extractor is kind of built into the frames. You put a metal rod in, you turn, honey comes down a tap, and the cells just like they're like this. You turn it and it breaks. Mm. So the honey just drips out. Okay. Put a little tube at the end for a spigot, pour it into it. You could go right from the hive to a jar. Oh, nice. And I don't, and, or you, you know, uh, it's cool though, is like if you have a full box, you could have honey from this might be one type of flower, this might be another. And so you can have multiple flavors even within that frame. How do you know what, like, what flower they're, they're getting their pollen from? So I haven't gotten that far yet, but I know that some people have said, like, the color of the honey oh. can give you an idea that if it's, like, these colors are probably something. It, oh, just by, like, the, the region of the honey? Yeah, okay. yeah. And so if you, and if you know your region a lot, like, this year I had a fuck ton of clover. Really? Um, and I was reading up, like, a lot of people, even on, like, the coastline said, like, this was a really good year for clover across the country. So beekeepers had this really light very like floral cl- uh, clover honey oh, which wow. everyone loves yeah and i ended up getting like 35 40 pounds of the stuff out of my first shot and i'm like that's awesome that's a lot of honey did you I sell w- some of it i did i ended up selling some off i have some now that i just put i don't think i'm going to sell this one but i am going to go back you want to talk about doing the primal shit we're going to make some mead are you <laughs> yeah fuck yeah um my uh in that hoosier page uh, two of my really really dear friends heather and nathan uh do structured water and mm. that'd be some, if you get them on and talk about that because I I'll probably bash it. So if y'all are listening, I'm so sorry. But what they do is they distill it and they make the water inert, but then they add properties back into it. So you can, I mean, I'm I'm sure they might not appreciate it this way as much, but the the dumbed down layman version from somebody who hasn't studied it nearly as much as they is, or they have, it feels like they almost make like their own purified smart water. Yeah, it just doesn't have any of the shit in there. There's no chlorine. There's no fluoride. None of that stuff. In right. There. So I'm going to ask them for a bunch of water to use that to make the mead, hmm. and we're going to see how that comes out. That would be interesting for sure. Uh, and then uh, uh, there's a couple other people. I've toyed with this idea, um, you know, because if you think about, like, alcohol back in the day, it used to be, like, what they used to make tinctures and medicines with. And so mead, yeah, it's definitely an alcohol. It's like a beer kind of thing. Like, you don't need the medicine property, but I'm like, could we throw in some CBG tincture in there or CBD or whatever and yeah. make it a little bit more, like, not as shitty for you? Yeah. And it's like, well, if you're making your own, like, you could infuse other florals and other things into it. So, yeah, it's mead, but what if you had elderberry in there? It's yeah, for the it's properties funny. That, I was just thinking that. Yeah, like, I got three elderberry bushes now, too. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do. They're, uh, they're babies, so they're not going to probably produce anything this year. And I, maybe next year they'll produce. Yeah. But whenever they come, like, they're all on the side of my house. I'm like, they're going to be berries everywhere, I know. <laughs> Dude, that is dope, man. I'm, I'm excited about that shit. I'm so fascinated by, like, just, like, just growing things yeah. and just kind of doing everything yourself and it's like i have no green thumb I have really no, i have no it's almost like it's like i know you just got to start somewhere in, yeah. in the beginning you always suck but it's almost yeah. it's almost like how you know when somebody has this huge fitness goal and they're like oh my god i gotta learn all of this shit i gotta do all <laughs> and then they don't ever get going like that's, right. that's how i am with like my green thumb i'm just like there's just so much to learn well i feel like so much to learn i don't want i'm just gonna just stand here and just let other people yeah yeah and (laughs) i think to a point people probably look at stuff and they think like you know take like fitness you know okay well what's the pinnacle of fitness yeah you know okay well you're looking at you depending on your school of thought you're looking at strongman you're looking at powerlifting you're looking at bodybuilding you're looking at crossfit you're looking at fitness modeling and you're looking at all the elite people up there and thinking, I have to go to that. And the answer is no, you don't. No, yeah. Like, they're freaks. Eddie Hall is a freak. Yeah. You know, Athor Bjornsson is a freak. You know, they, they were genetically predispositioned to be some of the strongest humans ever to walk the earth. Right, and then they just put in the fucking work. And you know, and sometimes there is some chemical enhancement in there, too. But, Probably. yes, they still have to work. For sure. Um, that's why it drives me nuts when people say, like, oh, they're so good. Yeah, it's probably steroids. 
Like, really? Yeah. Well, people just like to explain away where they're inadequate. Yes. It's always it's always this. It's always that. Right. Apparently, I was just saying today that um, so Israel and Sonya just won this yeah. weekend. And apparently, our people are already talking shit like he's on roids. Somebody was talking about his uh, his pack or yeah, it looked some, weird or something. I saw that. And I'm like, is this – like, first of all, I just watched that fight and that didn't stick out to me. So it's like – is this a doctored photo that's going around? or is That's a great – and see, the shitty thing is that's the problem with we've gotten so good at media, we can do that shit. Yeah, it's like does somebody Photoshop this or yeah. is, is he really building up fat tissue from like an imbalance? Because the whole, the whole idea yeah. is, right, it's like he's cycling probably and he didn't, he didn't um, take his estrogen blocker like he probably should have. Yeah. And because of that, now he got this fat tissue coming around his nipples, which is super common. Yeah. So it's like I don't – all I know is the dude looks fucking phenomenal. Here's my thing. At the end of the day, does and, – and as far as I'm concerned, if the rules say don't do steroids, don't do steroids. Right. You know, if you compete in something and they don't care and that's your choice, you make your educated choice. Right. You know, I personally don't care to, so it's not something I'm interested in. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you have a guy who does exceptionally well and legit just outperforms another human – like if they were going back and forth – and Adesanya's strikes just look like they hit a little harder than Paulo Costa's. Yeah, I could have given them that argument, but Costa got schooled that night, dude. Man. He, and so dude, that's yeah. Are people just hating? Because all I know is Aiden Sonya just fucking looked phenomenal. Yeah, he spent probably six minutes chopping down that leg. Yes. So the entire first round was just him beating up his leg from right. the first strike. Like that was just all strategy, dude. Yeah. He completely slowed him down and nullified him and then finally just took it to him with his hands. For sure. He didn't even start throwing punches really until the second round. Like, I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he, I saw him do any punches in the yeah, first round. Maybe like a jab here or and there, like, distance. Yeah, you got to keep the hands active yeah. for the kicks to work, but it's just like not very many of those. No. Like, he was mostly just chopping that leg down. You could see it from the get-go. Oh, yeah. So it's like, are people just nitpicking on this guy i i feel like right now and I, I remember a couple years back i was just talking to my friend matt yesterday about this where we i, I when i first saw adesanya hit the ufc i went this guy looks like spider silva reborn mm-hmm. like if somebody could go back and patch up some holes and then make a younger silva and then relaunch him this is like you know the spider 2.0 yeah or like that next le- that next generation that next evolution of the sport yeah and so now it's like you know we haven't really seen him grapple but he said like he wants to work on that and so that's something he's going to be challenging himself with yeah but the dude is just so damn good, and I forgot, like, yeah, this is an elite-level kickboxer. This was his 100th win. Yeah. This was not his first rodeo, not even his fifth rodeo. He's fun to watch. He's amazing to watch. Yeah. And so I'm like, this guy is going to be the next big thing for sure. And so when he chops down Paulo the way he did, I mean, that was literally how you take him out. That's how you beat him. I think that yeah. was just perfect execution of a game plan. And I and I like that this was a, a battle. It wasn't like the, the striker versus the grappler because I saw that little bit where, like, Paulo tried to hand him the white belt at the way. Dude, <laughs> afterwards, like, Ainsani is like a white belt mounted you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious, and, uh, and and so it was like everyone thought it was going to be like a grappler versus a striker. I'm like, I think this is a brawler versus a technician. Yeah, I it's think really so what too. it was, and I, it goes to show you like if you technique or you have good technique and timing, yeah, you can take out a bigger, stronger, more athletic opponent for, for sure. sure, for sure, dude. But yeah, people like to explain away why they can't do something, whether mm-hmm. it's fighting, whether it's. You know, playing baseball or right. you know, it's it's anything. It's just like, well, of course they they can do it. And it's just like that loser mentality. Yeah, exactly. Like. That being said, they're all on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, they're all on steroids, <laughs> motherfuckers. Holy Stocking shit! Stocking two nine. What? I wonder if those fucks will ever fight. Will ever fight again? They don't really need to. I was gonna say, man, I don't think they need to. No. I, I agree with you. They don't. Um, 
Somebody said that, uh, or I don't know if Nate was talking about this, that when he was smoking that big CBD joint one yeah. time, and Dana was freaking out. In the oh, it was only CBD, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing, too. You want to get in a drug test. I'm like, that dude smoked a joint in front of the public. Yeah. Even if that was all CBD, just because we know the Hoosiers that we do, like, you know, Denison's a good friend, and, like, he, even his little CBD oil, it says, yeah, there is 0.3% THC in this. Right. There's still some And there. so, like, you know. If he tests positive, is it because of that? Did he? You can build up enough CBD in your system, and if you have that in there, eventually that point three gets a little built up in there, and right. it, it'll pop. It matters. It yeah. does matter. Yeah, so. yeah. Because I mean, the, and that's the thing. Like people, people neglect to think about the slow accumulation of things. Yes. Yeah. That's what fucks people up in health, right? It's yeah. Like they put chemicals on their body, or mm-hmm. they're eating shitty food. And it's just like, yeah, man, maybe like in that one serving, there's mm-hmm. nothing that's really going to hurt you. But then you do that long enough. This is something funny too, and it's it's interesting that we brought that up because like with the slow accumulation, do you remember those old Sobe energy drinks from years ago? Yeah. When we're like, oh, the power blend. Well, this has creatine, it had like less than half a gram of creatine in there. Yeah. Like you'd have to drink nine of those things to get even close to a therapeutic. You're just better off just taking the creatine and pouring it in yourself. Yeah. But again, someone's like, well, what about slow accumulation? I'm like, right, but there's a lot of other sugar and crap you get along the way. Yeah, all this other stuff. So you're to getting. accumulate one thing, what else do you accumulate? But when I hear jujitsu guys argue, well. Yeah, well, I think you just did this right, but if you take that slow accumulation, jujitsu itself is a slow accumulation. Like you don't learn all your black belt skills on day one. Yeah, you learn over a decade. Right, <laughs> dude. There's just it, yeah, people are just so gung ho with mm-hmm. jujitsu to learn it all. It's like dude, just keep coming. Did you ever see that documentary on Netflix that uh, Tony Robbins? I'm not your guru. Yeah, he had that great quote. That kid that was suicidal. I think it's at the very beginning where he was. Uh, he was like, "What are I upset about?" And the guy goes to talk. He goes, "Is it your shoes are fucking red, man?" And he kind of breaks the ice with the kid a little bit. Goes, huh. you know? <laughs> I thought it was G. But at one point he says, you need to be kind to yourself because most people un- overestimate what they can do in one year, but they underestimate what they can you do in five, five or ten. Yeah, that's so true, man. And I'm like, that right there, you want to talk about people not appreciating the slow accumulation of skill or or yeah. even a balance in your own body. I mean, I know we were just talking about THC as far as a CBD supplement, but take that same concept and apply it to, like, your schooling, your education, yeah, your, your, business. your trade, your business. Yeah, man, like – People are yeah. I I live by that methodology, mm-hmm. dude. And, and it can almost actually, if you're not careful, it can it can be um, it can actually work out against you almost because you mm-hmm. become too patient. Yeah, you, you know do have I mean? to have urgency for sure. You got to have a sense of urgency. You have to be you have to be able to like kind of look at where you at and be honest mm-hmm. with yourself. But dude, nothing happens overnight. Right. Um, whenever I worked at Selma Superstore, mm-hmm. I remember uh, it was like every Sunday. I, was like, I think like the first Sunday of the month we'd have yeah. a. a um, team meeting. The family meetings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like <laughs> the family it, dinners at the, at the headquarters. Except this was at the store in Manchester. And there's, okay. There's probably only like 15 of us there. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't that big of a company. <laughs> then. This is in 2009 or 2010. Oh, okay. This is a while ago. Gotcha, long gotcha. time ago. So Andy like told a story about the, um, the, I think the Japanese bamboo or the Chinese bamboo, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and dude, I fucking like my, my phone case is bamboo because it's like this constant reminder mm-hmm. of, he talked about how, I think for five years, you know, you, you, know, you, you water it, mm-hmm. you plant it, you give all this, you take care of it with no indication that it, what you're doing is working. And Interesting. Then, and then one day after five years, boom, this fucking like 90-foot bamboo like sprouts up, up out of the ground. Right, yeah. Shit. So then like that's the kind of the it, – it, it 
applies to, to success, right? It's uh-huh. like you may do something for five years. You got to do everything every day, the right shit, and with no indication that what you're doing is working. That's and, fair. And then one day, boom, shit pops off. That's the truth right there for sure. Yeah. So, really dude, so I've just always taken that methodology to like anything that like I'm pursuing, that I'm trying to be successful at. You know what I mean? It's like it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And like I always just use that as a reminder, dude. Like, oh, yeah. I'm just so big into that. Man, uh, so the coach I'm working with right now, uh, Paul McElroy, he's the guy who created the Amazing 12. Uh, I was talking about that last time with right. you. Right. And I have a goal. I wanted to do this years ago. And he, uh, he, months and months ago, we were messaging on Facebook about this. And he goes, man, you should have hit this goal by now. And he was just very honest with me in Canada. So we've been programming out. Like, I want to hit, um, a, with a kettlebell, I want to be able to do a one-arm press, a one-legged squat, and a pull-up, all with a 100-pound bell. Right. It's, it's actually, it's 48 kilos, 106 pounds. Okay. But I want to be able to press 106 on one side, well, both sides, uh, do a pistol squat with both, and then chain around the waist and do a pull-up. So okay? you do the pistol squat, squat it's racked? So I gonna... like holding it here, but yeah, I have seen people do it racked too. Oh, so you're going to do like a single? Yeah, so almost like a goblet squat. But like then, a goblet squat? But yeah, but drop the... into a pistol. Okay. Um, and so we've been working on stuff, and then just the other day, you were talking about slow accumulation. His philosophy is that if you always – you know, time time spent figuring out where your limit is, time wasted expanding your limits. Hmm. And so his his philosophy is very much the, and I'll quote him on this, is that strength is not built, it's granted. It's just, it's that coaxing it out of your nervous system over time. And so he has a very different approach on how to basically effort. That's not, I mean, you have to put in the effort for sure. But when you hit a new max, it should still be well within your zone of, of capabilities. Yeah. And so, like, if you just, you know, hey, we're always at, like, 60%. Let's say your deadlift is, like, 100 pounds, and you start at 60, and then you're 70, and then 80, and then 90. Well, now you were, like, right next door to where your max was, but it's effortless. Yeah. So where's your new max? Well, who fucking cares? Right. You know? It, yeah. Like I said, it doesn't matter. You know, unless you compete, it doesn't matter. Right. And even if you compete, the guys next year are like, oh, okay, well, he beat me this year. I'll just have to do it next year. Right. Um, so the other day, he had me do a workout where I had to do, it was 28 kilo bell, 62 pounds. And I'm looking at the workouts for the week, and it has like 10 sets of this, 10 sets of this. And so the reps kind of grabbed up. And then Friday was, all right, 10 sets of 10 and 10. Let's see a big set. And I'm like, it's 100 fucking reps each arm. It's a lot. And when I first started with kettlebells, I'm like, I didn't do more than five. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, you want me to do 100 reps each arm? Set two, I'm like, I'm feeling good. Set three, set seven, I am fucking cussing him. So, Paul, if you're watching, I'm so sorry. I love you, buddy. <laughs> but I I got it done. I videoed the last set. I'm like, I can't believe I fucking did that. But it was it was hundreds and reps, hundreds of reps going into that day Yeah. leading up to that. So it was a very slow accumulation over right. time. And, and I'm even doing this after coming off of a shoulder injury, too. So I'm like, I can't believe I fucking did that. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I've, I've, I think I've bought in so much, like, when it comes to, like, strength training, like, the the ideology of, like, Pavel and the whole greasing the groove yep. and, like, never hitting, like. I feel like, in a way, he took, Paul took greasing the groove to the next level. Sounds I like, really do. Yeah, that's a um, lot of reps. Because, like, every day, I, like, I do pistol squats every day. Because right now, I feel like the pistol and the pull-up are probably my weaker lifts. Like, I love pressing overhead. It's not strong enough to where I'm within striking zone of the, the 48 kilo. Yeah. But I'm still at a point now where I'm like, okay, now like 32 and 36 are feeling more comfortable. Okay. And I'm like, I've never pressed a 40. So I'm like, okay, I'm a little bigger now than when I started. I'm getting the reps in here. That 40 is going to go up. Oh, for sure. And when the 40 goes up, I'm going to be like, oh, motherfucker, I got the 48. Well, it all starts <laughs> with the mind. Like, you, yes. you have to convince yourself that you are. Like, you have yes. to believe it. Like, you are strong. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think that's the other thing, too, is if you. Even even if you don't say like oh yeah I'm I'm strong enough to do this if you just say like I can do this yeah 
don't just don't let a piece of iron like intimidate you. Right. Um, he wrote an article on his website where it's in on beating the boogeyman press, and the boogeyman was the beast, the, the forty-eight kilo bell. Okay. And it says it's just a fucking weight. That's it. Forty-eight k is not that heavy. Just get out of your way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was a big takeaway after I talked to Dave. Yeah. He was trying to like teach me how to fucking rip uh rip some cards afterwards. Yeah. I'm just like fuck. Like I can remember like I'm trying to rip this shit and it was actually hurt my hand and I was just like. I can remember thinking, like, uh-huh. I, I had doubt in my mind. I can remember, like, the doubt creeping in. I'm like, no, fuck this, man. Like, you can, like, calm, like believe in that shit. Say you can. Like, like. You're going to love this story. So, Dave, it's no surprise. Dave and Paul are good friends. Okay. And, you know, surprise, right? Right. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. G- geniuses in the industry meeting together. So, when I had my gym, I hosted a workshop for other coaches to learn Paul's system. And Dave is one of the coaches. Dave and I were two of the first four American coaches to ever learn that. Okay. And so, they came to St. Louis. We're hanging out in Cottleville at exit six, okay? And uh, Dave Dave happened to have some steel that was in his truck to bend. Yeah. We know what you did, Dave. <laughs> I'm assuming that's recording. That's why I keep looking over. Oh, it's there. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah we know what you did, Dave. <laughs> yeah. But he brings out this horseshoe, and uh, I bent a couple nails, and I watched him doing some shit, and he, he wraps his horseshoe, and he goes, bend it. And he's, he's coaching me through the mechanics. And at one point, like, I, I'm over here. I'm bruising the fuck out of my leg. Yeah digging this thing in and trying to pry it open. And finally I look over at Paul and Dave and, and just something in there, like Paul just gives me this look like, just do it. And I, I felt it bend a little bit. And I look back up and he goes, if it bleeds, it fucking dies. <laughs> 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 and I bent that horseshoe and I, and I looked at Dave and I said, you know, the funny thing is after going to old time strongman university, a few months later in January at his place, I had a, an easier time. Actually. Yeah. It was an easier time bending a lighter horseshoe. Of course, but I remember thinking that felt almost as much discomfort as what the at the harder one did. Hmm. And I said, how was I able to do that? He goes, because that, that night and that day, your mind did not allow you to fail. Yeah. You know, you feel pain and discomfort now. You're like, oh, fuck this. But back then you're like, oh, no, this dies. Yeah. And so every time you bend this, you got to think like what, you know, Paul and I were telling you. If it, if it bends, it goes. Yeah. You know, it, it bleeds, it dies. Dude, the mind, <laughs> the mind is the key, man. It yeah. really is. Like our physically... We are capable of far more than oh, people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. People would trick themselves real quick. You know, I've heard, uh, you know, the story of like the, was it Roger Bannister running the mile? Yeah. Maybe like five minutes or four, four minutes. Minute mile. Yeah, four minute mile. So yep. like that was never done before he did. If that was impossible. Thought if you did it, your heart would explode. Yep. And then exactly. Like, dude, not, and then since then, how, countless people have done it. Exactly. High, high school people have Floodgates had, had are beat open. it. Yeah, dude. It's like, I read a book. It was uh, called Becoming Superman. Yeah. And essentially, you know, about flow state and shit like that and, and the whole idea of, you know, once something becomes in the realm of possibility, mm-hmm. then it, it's, it really is like more people will do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It can be thought to have been impossible, but once you, once you truly believe it, then, man, just who knows what can happen. And, and it's funny, too, and this is what kills me so many times. Like I see this on Facebook in my brain and in my heart. It, just, it hurts reading the shit. Yeah. Another reason I need to get off that shit because it's fucking toxic. It's toxic. When you see and you know that this can be done just because it wasn't done under a lens of science with the exact methodology somebody else wanted it to be done. Yeah. Suddenly it's anecdotal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking work. Whatever. It's yeah. Like, what's wrong with anecdotal evidence? Like if all of a sudden like, that's not valid. I had, to, I had to argue with somebody. My entire fucking industry in fitness is anecdotal. There's no science that says five sets of ten is going to do exactly what it does. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, at a certain point, it's I mean, just there like. probably is, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, everybody just needs this whole double-blind placebo study. They need it all done. but and, and then the problem is then when you get that done, well, who paid for that? 
And then you go down there and you're like, God damn it, you just can't win. Yeah. There's always somebody that wants to argue. It's like everybody becomes a lawyer all of a sudden. They have to argue in a court of Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> you know, eventually you just got to believe something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck, man. And, and sometimes there's more than one way to get things done. Do you remember the uh, the old 80s movie War Games? No. I've Matthew never, Broderick. So there's a great – the ending movie – long story short is that – a kid plays a uh, a war game, and I think it's like global thermonuclear war. Okay. And it's almost like uh, the old MS-DOS version of like Risk or okay. – it's, it's a global takeover game, right? Yeah. And so the idea is that you select these points, and you launch a global nuclear war, and you try to like blow up everybody else, right? <laughs> well, then he inadvertently triggers like a government AI that thinks he's playing a live game. Or he's playing a game, but it starts playing live with, like, actual missiles. Oh, shit. And so everyone's defense systems are going fucking crazy in the world. And they're like, are you doing this? Are you doing this? And so there almost ends up being a war. And so at the end, they end up – they make the game play against itself. Hmm. And so now it starts running simulations, and then it runs and runs and runs. And it gets faster and faster and faster. And finally, as it's doing this, it's also trying to unlock missile codes at the same time, and it shuts it down. And finally, the AI reports back to the guy that – they find the guy who created it, thinking that he can shut it down. And he's like, I can't shut it down. It's going. It's it once it starts, I can't stop it. Damn, so what they the do is they rolling. get him there, and so that's when he said, "Make it play against itself," and it does. And it says, "You know, interesting game. The only winning move is not to play." And I realized that that is the only way you can get along with people on Facebook. You just can't participate in that shit. Can't participate. <laughs> you got to go above it. It's not natural. It's not. It's not. It's natural. really not. We're not meant to argue on fucking screens and yeah. You know, get this elitist mentality, and that's that's what kills me when people get so fucking elitist, and I'm like, "What are you eliting?" Dude, <laughs> dude, yeah, like nobody's having really rational discourse on yeah. there. No one's changing anybody's mind, you right? Know, even over the the most simple shit, like yeah. people want to start attacking you, and mm-hmm. that's why on that like that LeBron post, I was like, look, man, here's my fucking address if you want to come see what I'm about. Because right. it's like I'm not a fucking keyboard warrior. Like you, yeah. guys, you guys don't know me. I fucking fought and trained and I do, yeah. this, I do this shit like I'm not just some idiot who doesn't know anything yeah it's it's always interesting I saw uh hell Tracy got into a with uh he posted a meme and it was like Tycon it, it was that whole thing where like you have the two the couple walking you have the person going damn and they're looking back at the other one yeah and it was like a girl uh real cute girl walking with a taekwondo black belt and said BJJ blue belt and she's, Ooh. oh I saw that one. <laughs> oh my god the shade <laughs> that got thrown around there and I'm like what the fuck and some of the shades come from people I'm like you guys have been a white belt for like fucking fourteen years, man. And you're over they're here just, talking. Yeah. Come on, just back off. But they're fans. They're you know, and they have to say like, you know, oh well, this is better, and I would put this against them. And Tracy's like, I'll let my fourteen year olds whoop your ass. <laughs> yeah, Tracy We're, likes to post shit on there. I I, I love that man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, Tracy, dude, you're you're on Facebook almost all day. <laughs> you know what's funny? I I, <laughs> like, I thought that one day, but here's the thing: people like him. I can I can be cool with because I've met them and I know he's a legit good dude. Yeah, legitimately good And even if he says dude. stuff I don't necessarily agree with, I can appreciate his perspective, but he and I can agree to disagree. Yeah, he'll, you know? he'll, he'll agree to disagree. And also, he's not above having any conversation in person. I love that about the man. Yeah. And I think anybody that does that, I know JW's that way too, he'll talk about anything with anyone. Yeah. Um, and even if he has his view, you know, you have your views, I have my views, they have theirs, this person has theirs. Yeah. At least you can find that middle ground where, like, look, we all agree on this, right? Okay, yeah. past that, it's all kind of bullshit. Yeah, I mean, like, at what point can we all just agree to disagree? Like, it's, yeah. it's okay to not think exactly like everybody else. I love the fact we don't think like everybody else. Right. Because if we thought like everybody else, there'd be no point in free thought. Shit would be so boring. Yeah, exactly. Shit would be so boring. It'd be so boring and barbecue would never be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, because then you wouldn't have all the different styles. Right. Right? Shit, like, personally, like, I'm not a fan of Carolina barbecue sauce. See, I can handle it on a few things, but that mustard-based one, what I'm you're talking about? I'm not fucking with it, yeah. I can't, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not fucking it's a few and far between. Yeah. You know, yeah. G- give me a blooming onion, I'm okay with it. Oh, yeah. That would actually <laughs> You see what I mean? Good. Like, you got certain, uh, pulled pork once in a while, cool. But yeah. uh, I, I don't say this too, and I'm going to hate on all my KC friends. I think St. Louis barbecue is better. I do too. <laughs> I do too. We're right in the middle of the world. We get all the best of everything. You know, the the for the longest time, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Gates and, uh, and what's the other one? Uh, Gates Barbecue and Arthur Bryant. Oh, Arthur. Yeah, I was just starting to think, I'm sorry, Arthur something. Why am I blanking on this? It's I didn't literally like down the street from my mom. I didn't like either one of them. Arthur's kind of disappoint me. Uh, there was another they're one. They're both disappointed. I think K&M. They're... It's actually right up the street from where my mom lives. Mm. They're a hidden, again, a hidden little gem out there. Yeah. Um, some of their stuff, like the day I went, the first time I ever went, everything was a little dried out. But it had a good enough flavor. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I bet if I caught you right when you pulled that off, this would be bomb. Right. And so then one day we went, like, right as they opened, and I was dead on accurate. Okay. I'm like, okay. We're, we're redeemed. This is, this is what I expected. But it's like when your brisket's a little dried out. Yeah. But it still tastes good. It's just like, oh, it's like it's you need sauce timing. to just get some liquid in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to Q39 last time I was in Kansas City. I have never heard of that. It was pretty good. Yeah? It was pretty fucking good. The flavor was on point. I was pretty I, happy. I'm going to have to make a trip. I want to get out there sometime after the fair ends and go, one, i got to visit my mom anyway, but um, assuming that she's not sick of me after the season. Yeah. But, um, Are you from Kansas City? No, she actually, I'm, I've been in St. Charles, St. Peter's almost my whole life. Okay. So. Um, but she, uh, several years ago, um, met her husband uh, through, the, funny enough, through the Renaissance Fair circuit, and then they started dating. And then after a while, when they got serious, she just moved in with them, and oh. she's been there for years now. Okay, um, I want to say it's been like, has it almost been ten years? Wow, it's so different. Remember. It's so weird how different St. Louis and Kansas City are. Yeah, very opposite. It is, and yet it's really funny because, like, when you go down to, like that business district down there, it feels very much like the Loop. Really? I've never, I, you talking about that power light district? Yeah, that's I've it, power light. Never been there. It's fun. Uh, they got. I mean, a lot of it has the same feel like what you do down like St. Louis. Or not, not so much like more like Central West End. Okay. And maybe a little hodgepodge of the two somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, it feels very similar, but yeah, there's a lot of differences. I still need to explore that city a little bit more. I've been there a handful of times, but I've never done like a lot of exploring mm-hmm. of the city. I just know it definitely feels different when I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of it is just you, you're not seeing like your own bullshit because it's like your town, so you feel like it's your town, your bullshit. Could so be. you go somewhere else, and it's like, oh, this is not my bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That could be a little bit, man. Yeah, but I, I do love exploring. Like when, even when you're on like a like a weekend vacation, the air smells a little different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I just I love the feel of different cities. Some, I do too. Some of them just feel really good, and some of them don't. Yes. Yeah. Some, I'm just like, I I didn't like play around in um in Bentonville, Arkansas, but like, or it wasn't Little Rock. I just remember driving through there. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fuck this place. I don't ever want to visit Little Rock. Like, yeah. This place sucks. <laughs> well, and, and I'll give you a great example. It's like when I went to visit Colorado years ago. Love that. And everything was perfect. I'm like, I will fucking die here one day. I vibes. love this. I love this place. And then there's Alton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Colorado feels good. That's Shit. How, that's how I felt about Austin, man. I went to Austin and just immediately felt at home. Yeah. I'm like, damn, man. And I heard a lot of people say that about Austin. And also, uh, not Houston, but like Meadowlands. Like kind of out. I think that's what it is. But yeah, anyway, just right outside of Houston, I've heard people say that too. Really? I've never yeah. been to Houston. Me neither. But yeah, I'd I love, like to go. I love Austin. I definitely I definitely want to live there. Oh, wait, I take it back. I did, I did visit Houston because a, a really good buddy of mine used to live down there. 
So, yeah, I think I have been to Houston. I didn't realize how close to the water Houston was. It's like on the <clears throat> water. I didn't know that. Yeah, we uh, we had some bomb-ass Mexican food down there, too. Really? Oh, it was good. <coughs> Dude, best Mexican food is in Texas. Oh, yeah. Some of the best. Oh, yeah. When I live in San Antonio, I'm just like, oh, this is so fucking amazing. I, I don't know if I would, like, always be on weight or if I would just be hella overweight if I lived down there because of that food. Just got to find a new weight. <laughs> yeah, I think that's <laughs> Mike it's, went down to Texas. He's suddenly a super heavyweight. I dude, like my enchiladas, man. <laughs> dude, food is like my favorite thing. I'm, such, I'm always good for a good food recommendation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we surprisingly have an amazing culinary scene here in St. Louis. It's like a hidden gem. Yeah. It's like a hidden gem. I, I think it's great, too, because uh, I made a joke with a few Hoosier friends how, like, now that now that marijuana has become more medical and more acceptable, like, you're seeing a lot of chefs come out of the woodworks. It's like, oh, they can come out with their crazy creations now and infuse it with stuff and... And they're like, oh, we can do this because we, we can get away with it That's now. That's what or, they've been doing all this time anyway. <laughs> yeah, and they've just been underground. And I'm like, some of these recipes, even if you don't have anything added to it, you know, I'm like, where did you come up with this thought process? I was really high one night. I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to start making infused honey? That'd be dope. I don't know if I would infuse it with uh, THC, but I did talk to a guy about doing it with CBD. Yeah. Because I feel like I, I like the idea of, and I think if I wanted to do this, I would I would get like a really small, almost like a craft apiary, get 10 or 12 hives, Get it to where we're cranking out honey on a regular basis and get a couple hundred pounds of honey in a shot and then make small jars, but infuse that with, um, I want to use that same stuff that native hemp extract uses. I want to use their oil. Okay. Or their oil or their extracts because I love that stuff to death. Yeah. And I'm like, if I can find a way, and maybe it's a tincture, you have to infuse it in, maybe you just drop the oil straight in. I don't know. I don't know either. But um, I would love to get a good supply of honey up to where we can infuse that and then um, and then market that one. I think that would be great just for the recovery aspect. Oh, yeah. Um, I even looked at, like, possibly doing, like, a morning and, like, a nighttime blend. So, like, if you wanted more energizing flavors, like your orange, your cinnamon, something to kind of get you up and going. Yeah. Your nighttime have, like, lavender and chamomile and vanillas, things like that, like your, right. almost, like your sleepy time teas. Yeah. I think that would be good. And since it's all CBD, it's – legal it's safe and then also helps a lot with that inflammation that we all get from like training right um i think that would be that's something i really want to look at down the road yeah that'd be a good option and and especially if it's local here i'm like i could just put jars up in front of the store at the gym sometime i'm sure someone just grab it and here's 10 bucks here's 20 bucks whatever it is dude people will scoop that up real quick absolutely yeah i definitely find myself kind of moving more towards trying to source as local as possible i am too more and more yeah um like I, i i want to hit up a farmer's market here soon you know, pick up some you know stuff for the house or whatever, and just I haven't been to a farmers market in years. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love them. Yeah, uh, I remember like last time I think when I was like twenty five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's been, been at least ten years. Yeah, um, but yeah, dude, they're the fucking best, man. I used to buy my eggs from somebody, and then I stopped, mm-hmm. and I started going to Costco to get them. But yeah. there's a big difference, like the eggs that yeah. you get from. I want to get chickens, really. So I don't have a green thumb, but I'll grow some fucking chickens. One of my uh, one of the best men I know, his name is Scott, and he's actually my old science teacher from high school. Um, I found out he lives right up the road. He's also a beekeeper, and um, he keeps chickens as well. Oh, nice. And uh, he and I were talking one day, and then John up at the gym, we were speaking about this too. One thing that's really beneficial about COVID, if you could think like, oh, what benefit came out of COVID? Well, a, a lot, lot of people, actually. Yeah, a lot. If you really step back, a lot of people went back and started learning how to be more self-sustaining. So you see more people doing beekeeping. You see more people doing chickens. You see more people gardening. Right. Um, even filtering their own water and like, you know, yeah. oh, wow, you can't go to the store because you got to wear a mask all the time and all these rules. I'm just going to figure out how to do this myself. Yeah. And and they're, I feel like in a way, maybe people are a little smarter with their money because 
sometimes like all the things that they were dumping for convenience, they don't do as much anymore. Right. And so now there's a surplus. And like, why was I spending money on all this shit before? Like I was going to Starbucks twice a day. I could just buy the bag of coffee. Right. <laughs> Grind yeah, it myself. Man. You know, little things like that. People are big... definitely turning into a positive. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I um I decided that I'm like I decided this a long time ago, but like it for sure like got cemented in. Like I'm gonna start hunting because I would love to start that. Yeah, man. dude. Like I got my bow and I'm just like I'm just gonna fucking start hunting because I mm-hmm. wanna procure my own meat. Yeah. It's gonna be healthier. And at the end of the day, realistically, like I was talking to my friend yesterday about this. We're so far removed from like the food chain, mm-hmm. especially meat. Like we really, like we we trust what we're getting, but do you really know what you're yeah. getting? You don't, they just they just tell you this is chicken. They just tell you this is pork. They just right. tell you this is beef. <laughs> it's like what the fuck is it really? They could be feeding us humans. Yeah, <laughs> realistically. And, and, and then when you see the articles of like, you know, oh yeah, they've successfully grown meat into a test tube. And it's like, mm, what is, is that, happening? Is here? that what that is? <laughs> yeah, you just you just don't fucking know. So it's right. just like, man, I'm just gonna try to become more self sufficient. Oh yeah, yeah. I I like that idea, and actually that's something I really wanted to get into, and that. I might make that a focus for next year. Yeah. Um, I say might just because I've got a lot of goals for myself and I don't want to like overcommit. There's only so many things you can you do. You got so much time in a day. There's a hundred percent is a hundred percent. I know everyone, Oh, I got out there and gave 110. No, no you gave a hundred. 100. That's it. There's no 110. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either yeah. you did or you didn't. There's not one in a 10th of you on right. the field <laughs> or there's not even two of you say 200%. Yeah. You, you have 24 hours in a day that we know of. <laughs> you got <it. laughs> that we've accepted right? right and so in that 24 hours you know you have to sleep for x amount which gives you y amount on the other side yeah so you how you fill that in and then how many days of that do you fill in with what your that that's your priority so right. i ideally would like to get into and be fairly decent at hunting before 40 that gives me five years yeah you got time i got time yeah i figured um i've been i've been putting a lot of fucking time into jujitsu mm-hmm. like if I have it my way. Yeah, I feel like last I talked to you, you went from purple belt to like four stripe brown like overnight it felt like. I'm like, uh, damn, I'm a, dude. I got were... two stripes on my brown. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, well, dude, I was a purple belt for four years. Okay. And then I'm coming up in October to be a year of having my brown belt. Okay. Um, but, dude, I'm I'm in the gym more than the average fucking bear. I was going to say, man, you you really doubled down on that. I'm proud of you, man. That's that's. Badass. Yeah, I mean, I'm literally doing jujitsu six, seven days a week. I love it, like, man. Every fucking day, I'm teaching. I've, I've, in, in four months, I taught over a hundred classes. That's badass. So just like constantly teaching, constantly trying to learn, always mm-hmm. rolling. Um, competition is a part of like mm-hmm. the whole judgment process. When yeah. You're trying to, so like that's why I'm competing right now. But if I have my way, I'll have my black belt by the end of the year, hopefully. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I have no like I can't say if I will or not, but right. I can just do everything in my power to try to make that happen. You, all you got to do is just do the best you can. Just keep training, yeah. right? Like. And again, I would like to get my black belt before I'm forty. Yeah. I hate how people act like like don't focus on the belt. Because it's like, yeah, you can't get obsessed about the belt because sure. you really don't have any control if your professor is going to give that to well, you. you can't sit there and think like every person that you beat or taps you out is going to be a plus or minus. Like it's not a point right. system. Like exactly. if you tap so many brown belts today, does that give you 50 points towards a brown belt or black belt? What does that do? Right. It's not, a, it's not like EXP in like a Final Fantasy game. Right. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like just. I mean, do, it kind of is, but not the same way. Yeah. But I got into jujitsu to get my black belt. Yes. So like, it's okay to have that goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, hopefully, like if I do get that, I probably will not keep going as hard as I am in jujitsu, and because yeah. again, yeah, there's only 24 hours in a fucking day, and right. I would really like to get good at archery, and that's gonna take some time too. Yeah. And hunting and different things, so it's like I'm just doubling down right now on this goal. And I, I think, think that's good, man. And and just like um like right now, my focus is on getting the training business back up, getting the nutrition business back up, and making that pretty self sufficient. 
the bees are fun, um, but I don't spend a lot of time with them, man. Because like once I realize like how self sufficient they are, I kind of stop babysitting. Like yeah. I was checking them like every other day. <laughs> it's like just getting them going. And I'm like, oh my god, there's like one more wax cap than yesterday. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I can just let them chill. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, got, I think I got a better production this time than I did the first time. Really? Yeah. Just so. let nature take its course. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the other thing too is like honey doesn't really go bad if it's cured right. Like if you give it time and let it, you know, get all the moisture out and it's just just the honey. It's not going to ferment when it's sitting there. Yeah. So and if it, if it does ferment, oh, damn, I was going to make meat anyway. You just saved me a step. So Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's still usable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then they found honey in, like, I feel like they found honey in, like, an Egyptian coffin one time. That might have been my friend Missy that was telling me that. And it was still good. Yeah. It was, like, 3,000 years old. Or, Something crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. It, was yeah. Like, it was her or another friend of mine were, like. And I think they found, like, they were, uh, actually used it to preserve something in there, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember if it was, like, a vegetable or, like, a like a mushroom or whatever, but there was, like, something in the honey that they were using to preserve, but the honey was actually still edible. Yeah, essentially, honey doesn't go bad. I don't know if I'd want to eat 3,000-year-old honey, but... I wouldn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> I fuck yourself up. You might fuck yourself, because you don't know what else is in that honey. It could be some sort of plague. You just don't know Right, exactly. It. <laughs> it's the cure for COVID the whole time. <laughs> The cure we've had it the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. It was in King Tut's tomb. <laughs> That's funny, dude. They That's always say, look to your ancestors for the answer. No, you meant literally in their fucking tomb. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, guys. Yeah. We, Missed the memo. <laughs> shit, dude. We just need to leave those tombs closed. We want to open up some sort of fucking... Yeah. Like, like the movie The Mummy. You know, I always think of that when people say they are open up the tombs. I'm like, you know, we literally had films about this. Or you see the guy saying, scientists think they can clone a dinosaur. Five movies <laughs> telling you what is going to happen. <laughs> we got movies for AI at all. Like it's, right. Dude, Terminator. <laughs> all the bad shit could happen. Yeah, if we, I see Google and Apple merge, it's over. That's that's Skynet. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> that's just going to happen. It's already there. We just or don't know if about either of them merge with Tesla. That's the other option I could see happening too. Yeah. Dude, I mean, fucking Elon Musk is already talking about his little Neuralink or whatever yeah. it is. Like we're all just going to talk without – even using words. There's a part of me that's like, man, that's terrifying. But then there's another side of me that's like, ah, fuck it. I don't think it'll be around by the time I'm here. And even if it is, shit, I'll be 70. Fuck it. Sign me up. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? I definitely wonder, dude. I want to be 106. So That's fair. <laughs> so hopefully I'll get to see some cool shit along the way. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> i got 73 I, years. I've, I've had fortune tellers tell me I'm going to last in my 80s and 90s. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm good. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that is, but I figure I'll just take care of myself now and let the chips go. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just about what, what do you do now? Yeah. So I'm just going to train jujitsu and keep bees, barbecue the shit out of stuff. <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. So, so, so when you get into hunting, one of the things I know everyone you know listens to Joe Rogan for five minutes. They always hear about elk, and I've always loved elk because it fucking tastes amazing. Oh, but it's so good. Where, where do you want to go hunting at, or what are you looking? Just anything, or do you have something in mind that you want to go hunting for? Um, no, the ultimate goal is an elk. Okay, because that is so much meat. Yeah, I would absolutely love to do an elk. Like do like an elk hunt in like Colorado or, yeah, or somewhere. But. I mean, just to start off, man, like, I'll go kill some wild boar because okay. those are easy to get and they'll help fill up the freezer. Yeah. And then, I mean, obviously, like, deer. Like, those are probably, like, the two that I'm going to start off with is just deer and That's deer the and one. I'm, I'm looking at deer myself just because, yeah. one, I mean, they're everywhere in the Midwest. Yeah. And, two, it's like, I mean, even when they get out of control, they're like, okay, we're just going to li- raise a limit on what you could take home. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, deer is very feasible. So, deer is for sure on the list. I would like to go get that. Eventually, one day, like, a bear. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. Oh, wow. A bear and a Yeah. It's just for the hunt itself. That would oh, just yeah. be fun to do. Even if I didn't take like the meat myself. I think the nutritional value of that, just that game meat, like going back to nature. Yeah. It's not been touched by bullshit. But even then, you got to be careful. I was just listening 
listening to a, a Rogan podcast. He yeah. had this guy on, and he was talking about even in the most rom- like remote areas of the world, it's like it's still um, affected by like pesticides. Interesting. Yeah. So even if you think you're getting the healthiest thing in the most remote part of the w- the wilderness, it's, it's still probably affected. I'm just gonna show you how much we fuck up because we gotta outthink nature. It's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. Well, we're fucking up nature is really what it boils oh, down sure. to. It's just us fucking it up. And then, like, even deer, apparently, and this kind of scares me, apparently there's, and I'm going to fuck up the name of, of what they're getting, but it's essentially, like, mad cow disease where, okay. like, their brains are, like, holes are, are like, rotting away in their brain. Right. And what, like, I know with mad cow disease, what that came from was, like, we were feeding cows to cows and we were including the brain. Oh, yeah, yeah, And, yeah. like, when you have, like, cannibalism and you mm-hmm. um, you consume the brain there are prions in there mm. and the prions will like waste your brain away interesting so apparently whatever's going around or something like there's actually some cases where that's also affecting deer so huh. it is the potential where it's like man a hunter might think they're getting the cleanest animal ever and it could fuck and them up and it's just as spoiled as if it went to Walmart yeah and it could fuck them up man, so yeah, it's kind of scary and that's just what we do as humans man we fuck things yeah. up yeah no, but I definitely want to go on a big hunt sometime. Hell, man, I'll <laughs> let me know when you want to go. We'll both go. Yeah, we'll catch, squeeze it, kill with our hands. Yes. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, you get the legs, I'll get the neck. Rear or, naked. Well, that you shit. got longer arms. You probably rear naked. I'll go for the leg locker. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was joking with my friends. We were camping, and um, I was like, you know, it's getting dark out. It's possible a big cat could try to jump up on us. Like, you know, we got. I think we got bobcats around here or some shit. Right. I'm like, as long as if it's small enough, I'll fucking kill it. <laughs> right. But if it's too big, man. Gonzo. I was uh, I was visiting a friend down in Farmington when we were at Walmart, just picking up some supplies, just like snacks and stuff because we were camping out and everything. Yeah. And uh, I, I made a crack about like um, his farm. He said like, oh yeah, we got to be careful because like there's copperheads and stuff out. And I'm like, that's my thing, man. I hate snakes. I hate them. I hate snakes so much. And at one point he made a comment. He's like, yeah, there's a bunch of wild animals, but I mean, we should be fine. They don't typically like to go around near humans and the farm. It's close enough to the house. They'll probably be farther away. And at one point, I made a crack about cougars and or mountain lions, like being out in the area and bobcats and stuff. And and then we saw this like this lady who looks like she had just been strung out on any meth like substance ever all at one time. I'm like, never mind. I think I found the cougars. We're There's good. There's the cougar there. <laughs> <laughs> just walk by and she. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could go into better descriptions, but the point is, like, the joke was there. So it was there. <laughs> That's funny, bro. Yeah. Oh, we found the cougars and yeah. they strung. <laughs> Fucking, you gotta watch out. No kidding. Yeah, that's the last thing we need is meth cougars out in the Midwest. There's a whole lot of fucking meth down in the woods right. in Missouri, bro. That's one of those things, too. When you hear about all the drugs that people can get on and stuff, like, how did people think that was a good idea? Did, but did they think it was a good idea? So right. Once, once some of those things get their fucking hooks in you, bro. Man, it's, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's meth or cheeseburgers, man. Sometimes you just get the wrong hook in you. And, Dude, and those addictive personalities, man. You talk about those kind of stuff. Yeah, personality those kind of people, matters. For sure. Dude, and, yeah, you can be addicted to anything, really. Oh, yeah. Dude, I can't buy ice cream because I have no fucking self-control. Like, oh, it's Oreos for me. People think I'm joking. Get them out of the fucking house. Dude, Especially if I'm cutting weight. I don't want to see them. Dude, I'll just eat the whole damn thing. Shit, dude, you want to talk about weight-based sports? So for my level two kettlebell certification, I was literally floating between two weight classes. Okay. And the only thing that I cared about was one of them was I had to press a bell that I knew I could not press at the time. And the other one is I'd hit it once or twice in practice. So I I thought I could do it. So I'm like, so I just watched my weight for five pounds. I'll be all right. That night, (laughs) Jen comes home and she's like, oh, yeah, I got you a pack of Oreos. I figure you've been having a really tough week. So, you know, treat yourself. (sighs) 
literally post a post-it note and I wrote like four level two certification or like I said, like basically like four graduates only. And I put that in the freezer. Uh, okay. So I made it a goal. Like I can't touch those until I graduate. Yeah. Good move. And so then I went to the weekend and then I injured my arm. Couldn't pass that weekend. She's like, oh, you get your Orioles right. I'm like, it says for graduates only, not for people who went to the course. Right. So I had to wait till like July. Those things are <laughs> the freezer for like three months. That's funny. Dude, it's good motivation though. Oh, like, I plowed them. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> Oreos are so good. Yeah, I know. Oh, gosh. And then, of course, the Ren Fair has those deep fried Oreos now. Oh, like, really? fuckers, why would you do this to me? <sighs> deep fry anything. Right. Oreos, Twinkies. You know, the Twinkie, for whatever reason, like, I tried one once. I'm like, okay, it's all right. And yeah. then after that, I was like, it's good. Yeah. But, like, I've had the deep fried strawberries. Those are the shit. And then I somebody brought deep fried apples. Ooh. What the fuck? Yeah. Why has this never been in my life before? I bet that's delicious. Oh, dude. It was everything I hoped for and more. I bet. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I love fried food. I really do. I think it's, there's a little fat kid in all of us. That dude, like, I'm the fattest. <laughs> <laughs> I just have self control enough to like, at least self awareness enough to know. Like, yes, there's just certain things I can't have around me. I get to the point where I just don't feel good if I have too much of something. Like that, shit, bro. Yeah, yeah. You start getting lethargy. Like, I'll be fine in a day. And you just got to sleep off like everything. Yeah, because I'll eat something until I hate myself. Right. I really will. <laughs> It's like that Louis C.K. joke. He's like, the meal is not over when I'm full. The meal is over when I hate myself. Like, <laughs> then it's done. And, and, of course, like, we're not – like, maybe it does take a special discipline to wire yourself. Like, why can't we do that for, like, elk or veggies or – why yeah. does it have to be all the unhealthy shit? <laughs> Dude, because those motherfuckers, some sort of chemical they, thing they knew the, the, They knew all that sugar does all the dopamine rush and all those feel-good hormones in our brain, but they yeah. but they won't. And food developers are smart, man. Like oh, they yeah. know how to like bypass and override certain systems, so you just keep eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, I, they're I actually uh, one of my side jobs I had for a while was I delivered security tape. Like so, basically, like hard drives and security tapes back and forth from companies, and then they stored them at this one like data vault. Yeah, and so I would go pick it up and swap out hard drives and and then take them back there. And I didn't have to do any IT work. I just picked up and I was a delivery boy. Okay. But one of the facilities I used to drop off to was one that engineers like flavors and smells for food and candies and candles and stuff. And so like you see these vials there that don't look like anything, but like this is vanilla and this is orange, but it's all clear. Yeah. And you're watching them like put stuff into a computer and then like it would just synthesize the smell or like they would have chemicals that they would mix together and be like, oh, cool. This is grape. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you guys know how to do that shit? It's not actual grapes. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's amazing. And then you start do. thinking, like, what's the other shit? That, how do they know how to do that and what that does to us? It's fascinating. Yeah. It's like this whole field of study within the food Oh, like yeah. Food it's crazy. System. Hence why we just need to go back to hunt and elk. Dude, just, just <laughs> as simple as possible. Oh, yeah. Just eat real food. Yes. You'll be okay. Yeah. I'm... I, I'm very much looking forward to a time where I have enough honey built up in the house that I can just get rid of the refined sugar yeah. and start using that for everything. Because, I mean, there are times like um, like when it makes uh, simple syrup for the bees, you do need sugar water for that. Right. But I've also heard you can use their honey as that as well. I can see that. Yeah, so both are good. First. Yeah, because it's their honey. They made right. it. Yeah. Um, but what I've also heard is you don't want to like have bees and then feed them honey you get from the store. Because sometimes they, they pasteurize that and homogenize that to where it's got – it's basically it is sugar water, but – you don't know where it came from. They might not get as much nutritional value. It's like if it's something they collected and they put in there, right. they'll eat it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that makes a little more sense. Sourcing matters. Right. Exactly. Like 100%. Everything else, man. Yeah. It's all about the source. Um, and so that's something that I'm looking to get like a couple big like five-gallon buckets that are just always full. And uh-huh. once I have that, I'm like, okay, cool. We can bake some shit. That's a lot of honey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's cool as shit. Have you been stung yet? Twice. Yeah. Only twice. Um, I had one where – 
I'm trying to think what the first one was. The first one was I just got a little too antsy. Yeah. And um, I I literally put my finger right on the stinger. Mm. And then the other one, I was sitting there chill. Um, I was cleaning up my tools, and one landed on my hand. I went, hello. And she kind of like, I just didn't move. And it's almost like she looked right at me and went, fuck you. <clears throat> I was like, you bitch. Suicide. That yeah, exactly. Shit. <laughs> Trying to kill herself. There was one that got me like right here on the knuckle. The or maybe it was like yeah, it was like right here on the knuckle. And so like this side of my hand or my knuckle swelled up a little bit. Yeah. Because I couldn't get the stinger out fast enough. Mm. And so I was like trying to pick it and trying to pick it. And I'm like ah, so I had to take like a dull edge of a pocket knife and scrape it out. And I drained out the venom a little bit. But it's like I didn't have like a bad reaction. Yeah. It just swelled up there. Yeah. Um. And then uh, John up at uh, the gym, he was telling me that um there's that documentary on Netflix, Unwell or something like that. They're exploring like using bee venom or different bee products for health and wellness and stuff. Really? Um, and I was like, I, I'm just thinking, I'm like, I remember being stung and it swelled the fuck up. And I'm like, I would not call that an anti-inflammatory. But then I thought about, I'm like, I don't know if that actually alleviated joint pain in that finger because it's hard to say. Yeah, I don't know if I want to get stung on all my knuckles just to see if that eliminates the jujitsu pain. I don't. I could just use ice. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I ibuprofen. dude, I use this um this CBD balm. Yeah, that stuff's the bomb. It's my fucking shit. Which dude. one do you use? I so I use Jumbo Superfoods. Okay, um, I've been using them for a minute, and um, they have a like a 100 milligram, and then a, like a 200 milligram extra strength with uh, like menthol. Okay, and bro, I first tried them out. I guess it's been. I don't know, two and a half years now. It was uh, they were. I was down in Austin. At, yeah, I went to go uh, check out this Paleo FX conference, and I did. Nice. Yeah, I did a jujitsu tournament, and um, I met my buddy Kyle Brown, who um, I, th- I think he was like a part owner at the time. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And fucking, I got there. I got their bomb, and like the next day, my fingers were all stiff and sore after doing my jujitsu yeah. tournament. Bro, I put that bomb on, and it just instantly like loosened wow. my shit up, bro. I and like even. Like last week, I fucking really jammed my finger really bad. Yeah. And um, I've been using that 200 milligram for the past week, and it's fucking phenomenal, dude. My finger feels um, like a million times better. I actually got range of motion in it. It's been game changing for me, dude. Yeah, th- this thumb has been messed up for a little while. I really should just break down and go see the chiropractor a few doors down and see if it's like, is this dislocated? You got to reset it. But then I pulled it and popped it the other day, and it's been feeling a little bit better ever since. Yeah. So I'm wondering if I already did it. <laughs> Might have. Yeah, yeah. But I actually was like, I was putting bombs and all sorts of stuff on there for a while. Yeah. And I was like, I think it's just dislocated. But yeah, it's it's amazing when be. you're like, oh, I'll just do this remedy, this remedy, and finally you have to answer that question of, or I've just fucked myself up. <laughs> I just fucked yourself. I mean, you can never go wrong with just resting time. Yeah, exactly. For the most part. So. Just give it time. Well, Mike, this has been this has been an amazing conversation. Absolutely, man. Dude, amazing we're, as always. We're coming up on almost two hours, hour 45. I can't believe it's been that long. It feels yeah. like a flu. I was actually just sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, has it been only like an hour? Like, No, bro. We're, we're pushing. Almost two. We're pushing two. It's a good podcast. Dude, it's been a fun conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, is there anything else you want to leave the people with, point them to, anything like that before we go? Man, I don't have anything else. Just, uh, I mean, I wish I had like something motivational or something for <laughs> them or anything. I'm like, I just... I don't know. Go ahead and kick the shit out today, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Well, dude, I'm glad you fucking stopped by, man. Me too. I, I, I think we've been overdue for this, so. Yeah, yeah. I can't. You were, like, the first uh, year, it was, like, I was just trying to get 100 episodes. Yeah. And you were, like, early on. Yeah, I think it was. I think I think I just saw my memories. It's, it's definitely been two years. It since has been, been yeah, because you were at that apartment out in Creve Corps, I think. Right? Yeah, it's, just, it's actually kind of catty-cornered to where we are. Yeah. 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 So, but, yeah, dude, I'm so glad you are able to Me stop too, by, man. brother. Yeah. Absolutely. It was so cool, like, at the Cotillion, you were camping next to us uh-huh. and shit. It was like, oh, man, like, I definitely need to catch up. With yeah, I was thinking that, too. I was like, that was, I was uh, 
I had talked about you with Matt Madison too. Yeah. Uh, like not too, not too uh, long before that. And so I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta hook up with him. And then we showed up like, so you, that's the world, man. That's law of attraction. Right how there. the universe fucking works, bro. <laughs> but there's no evidence for that. So we can't really say law of attraction. I believe in it. <laughs> no, it does. It absolutely does. <laughs> I just love like going back to the whole, like people need their evidence and shit. There's no evidence this works. I bet I could find something. Fuck your evidence. Fuck. You know what your evidence is? When you put something in front of you and you focus on that, you will. All of your other actions will guide you towards that goal. So I there, no, there yeah. is. Like I've had enough evidence in my life to know it's true. Absolutely. For sure. For sure, man. Well, Mike, thanks again, brother. Absolutely, bud. All right, everybody. Till next time. Hey guys, thank you for listening to that episode. If you are getting value out of the show, do me a favor, just bring us a friend, one friend. Um, help us grow this thing. I can't do it without you. And you know, the more people who discover the show, uh, the better. It just it just helps keep this train rolling. So bring us one friend. Also, if you could subscribe, you may be listening, but you might not be subscribed. And then if you do feel it in your heart, do me a solid. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, just leave us a rating review on there. Again, that helps us uh, become more discoverable. So that way more people can just fucking find the show and gain some perspective just like you are. So if you are getting value of the show, you're laughing, you're thinking about things in a different perspective, just help us grow the show and tell one friend. That's all I have for you guys today. We will be back very soon with another conversation. I can't wait to bring the next one to you guys. Until then, just keep being rad human beings and uh, just go do something good in the world. I love you and I will talk to you later. Bye.